1: It is a Monday episode. We've got a lot to talk about. It's the first episode of the second half <laughs> after a, a week in baseball, some premier matchups that we've seen. The trade deadline is I don't want to say it's upon us, but it is it is looming. It's it here. is close. The walls are closing in rather quickly. Rumors are swirling. We're going to talk about those rumors. We're going to give you the baseball is dead parlay. Uh, which I'm going for. I'm throwing a Hail Mary today.
2: Ooh, you know what? I thought about throwing the Hail Mary. There's a couple. I mean, I like where I'm going. I'm confident I like where, I'm, where going I'm going, too. I really like where I'm going. We are going. We're, I don't want to say we're going out on a limb, but we, we need to complete a, we got pass. a good shot to make some money. Yeah, we got we, a great shot. We we just complete to Complete the pass.
1: pass. I think I think uh, today's parlay has a chance to be over like plus a and, thousand.
2: And I want to go on the record here. Uh, I will admit it since nobody else is going to bring it up. The last two submissions that I've had for the parlay that we haven't ran for various reasons because there's been, you know, some disconnect. My, my picks have hit. Both of the picks that were submitted have hit, did hit. Just wanted to get that out there. So really you nice can perform you in the
3: shadows, but not under the spotlight.
2: Yeah. Who are these no, picks the thing, I've been to? Performing in the spotlight. <laughs> yeah. Who are these
1: picks submitted to? That's a great question.
2: You can go back and look at the thread. Go back and look at the thread. <laughs> uh, uh, so, receipts are there.
1: Receipts are there. Uh, Joseph, what stood out to you over the weekend? Uh, da, 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 da,
0: the most biggest thing that happened this weekend in my eyes? hmm Jared, where do I start? <laughs> <laughs> Where do I start? I mean, I really didn't get to watch a lot. I was in Oakland, California. Obviously, you can tell by my. I did
1: see that. Yeah, what was up with that? You were interviewing Dallas for some super secret side project you guys are doing. It's a main
0: project, bro. It's a main project on the main channel. So Mm -hmm. look out for that in a couple weeks. Um, I watched Shohei. I think the story is Shohei getting traded or not. Okay, he had a start that was okay. Hit a couple bombs this weekend. Angels mm-hmm. continued to lose. Uh lost two out of three. Even though Shohei hit two bombs the last two games. So that's mm-hmm. just more of Angels being Angels. I don't know if that's a story. That's kind of every single week. Shohei goes yeah, we'll, off. Angels lose. We'll get
1: into uh we'll get into the Shohei trade rumors. Will they, won't they, are they going to and all that nonsense. But yeah, Shohei Shohei doing the most and still the angels losing is just that's, that's his angels legacy is I showed up. I was here. Was everyone else? Not really. Uh, Jay, Hey, what's that out to you over the weekend?
3: Oh, it's definitely the Orioles. Yeah, definitely Close. the Orioles. Cause I think, like, great baby to me, there were two series results that stood out and that one of them was brewers over the reds. And the other one was the Orioles, uh, moving to within, I mean, they didn't play the Rays, but uh, moving to within a game of the Rays. And I just, um, that one is, the Orioles situation is a lot more surprising to me because I think we've all understood that the NL, or the NL Central is kind of like a muddied water, sort of who's going to win 85 games sort of situation. And that the Orioles continue to stick around in the AL East and perform closer to like a league best level then you know, I think the 500 level that a lot of people saw as sort of like the expectation entering the season is just incredibly impressive to me. And with when you combine that with the the start that the Rays got to, it felt like the division was out of reach, no matter how well the, or- the numbers, no matter how Early. well the Orioles played. And that's just not the way that it's played out. And it's I, I don't know, I just can't. I know, I know, FanGraphs. Uh, has it very heavily in favor of the Rays still, but it is just a game and that feels like it's attainable to me. So Orioles would be my answer. Here are the the
1: numbers on that. The Tampa Bay Rays started off the season 29 and seven. They've since gone 31 and 29. That's the fourth best record in the American League East over that span. Over that same span, the Baltimore Orioles have had the best record in the division at 35 and 22 and are now just one game back of Tampa after winning eight straight.
2: And after Tampa won the division in the first two weeks of the season. I'm with Jay Hay. Um, another reason why this is exciting is because it seems like uh, I, I believe Grayson Rodriguez is getting the ball today for the O's. Mm-hmm. So, and this is what his first start back since he was sent down. Mhm. So how they're playing right now is you want the front office to have the power and to be in a position to have to make moves to help supplement what you're doing. You also like to think that the guys that you have in house are capable of providing you that production as well. And the fact that they've got Grayson Rodriguez now to a point where they feel like, hey, maybe we can bring him back up now. Maybe what we've seen can be that impact arm that, that we need that could help us. I think it's just an exciting time that the Orioles have played themselves into this position to where now their prospects coming up at this point in time aren't about, oh, let's just see what we've got. It's about, oh, we, we need it. him to pitch. We need you him get to it? play well. Did you I get, get it, Dallas? <laughs> I, I did get it. Uh,
1: Jay hey, Hay, not a big Grayson Rodriguez fan.
2: Jay is not a big Grayson Rodriguez fan. Uh, wait,
3: why are we saying that? Because you've said it. He said it. Oh, said well, it, yeah, I mean, I've it. noted how poorly he's pitched. I don't have anything against the man. I hope. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you use the word shit back.
2: not us. We're just trying to <laughs> trying to outline. <laughs> is, you know, his like his ERA is over 12, right? <laughs> All right? Well, I mean, during the first stretch, it was. Sure. During there the hasn't been a second was. stretch yet. Oh, we're, we're starting today stretch, zero probably. now second stretch is uh, zero today yeah, yeah we are what's grayson what's grayson rodriguez's era in the second half of his big league career Zero.
3: Zero. wow
2: oh
3: wow oh. well ho- hopefully, hopefully he has a good start because if he doesn't that era in the second half could become unsightly we could be looking at like 54 <laughs> or something like that um no, I mean, I, I, I am personally rooting for Grayson Rodriguez to be good because I, I don't know anything about him, but he's a highly touted pitching prospect on a on an ascendant team that could become exceptionally interesting in a postseason context if Grayson Rodriguez and regular season, of course, but like if uh, Grayson Rodriguez is anything like the pitcher that was described and performed in the minor leagues on the way up. Like that that's a game changer for Baltimore because as we've noted, they have lots of different things. What they probably don't have right now in-house is a true blue number one starting pitcher or maybe even a true blue number two starting pitcher. um, And he would change that potentially.
2: Yeah, just need the command to be a little better. I don't don't believe he's had an outing in which he has not walked anybody. He's walked at least one hitter in every outing so far in the big leagues.
0: So. I I think it's kind of amazing how quick the Orioles turned into, like, some underdog team that just everyone's, like, uh, you know, kind of sucks to, like, we just expect them to be good now. Like, they've been consistent all year. We haven't really talked about them much, but winning all year. And we're kind of just acting like, yeah, we expected this. Like, how well, fast did that happen?
2: Well, that's what happens when the Rays got shot out of a fucking cannon. like They're drawing all of the attention of that division because the conversation now becomes... Well, what can any of these teams do to catch Tampa? What can any of them do to compete with Tampa if we're spotting Tampa Bay a fucking two-week head start in the win column? Man, that's that's going to be tough to that's going to be tough to make it ground on. If they're just going to keep playing quality baseball and the Baltimore Orioles have showed you exactly what it would look like if you just keep your head down, keep plugging along and let the big bad Rays just kind of do what they're gonna do, and you look up, and now you've got production from all of the young kids, Joey, that we were talking about a couple of years ago. These are the dudes who are making fucking impacts, right? The Adleys, the Gunners, like these are dudes who are now a massive part of why they're winning. Well, another- I'm just
1: saying that at the what was it at the beginning of May, when the Tampa Bay Rays were 26 games over 500 or whatever it was, the panel was given the opportunity to hop off their AL East picks. And join the Rays, make them your pick. There's only one person on this panel that didn't hop off and join the Rays. That's me. You're all fucking idiots. You all you, bought in.
3: You didn't all stayed it. on. It's not like you, you stayed on the Orioles. Yeah, who you switched no, to? No, but I
1: didn't buy. I didn't buy the Rays. They're still in first. <laughs> <laughs> so you buy picked. A game. <laughs> so
2: you picked the Toronto <laughs> Blue <laughs> Jays, <laughs> who are worse what than the Rays. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> like you we hopped onto on a track. ship that's
3: sinking much faster. <laughs>
2: No, no, no. <laughs> you guys bought the
1: Rays, and it's not happening. You bought the Blue mediocre. Jays. Ever, e- nope. Ever since, ever since you guys bought the Rays, they're two games over 500.
2: Okay, well, they're over 500, so let's start there. A three
1: month stretch. Oh.
2: Well, that, that, cool.
0: that went into the calculation. Like, they could go I 500 wanted, and I still win the division. I just wanted on
2: the record that I did not pick the best team. I definitely picked a team doing what's the best team. They're not the best team. They have the fourth best record in the division
1: since you idiots jumped uh, since, off and moved on to the race. Well, how about since this? Fourth. How
0: about fourth. this? Well, do, Jared, we'll give you the opportunity right now. Do you have the balls <laughs> to <laughs> switch your pick to the first place Rays? We're giving right now. You can go
2: to the no. race or you can stick no. with the Blue
1: Jays. You want to stick with the Blue Jays right now? I mean, either way, e- yeah, either way, neither one of those teams win the AL East.
2: So, so yes, you're sticking with the Blue Jays. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs>
4: <Okay>. <laughs> I am. Yep. Uh, you guys
1: right. are dumb.
0: <laughs> how, how surprised uh, would you guys be if the Orioles won this division? Not surprised at all. They're the better yeah. team.
3: If I you would have to told me that shot. at the beginning of the year, I would have been very yeah. surprised if you would tell me that now, not that surprised. Um I still wouldn't pick them, but I think you know, I know it's a little cliche or like easy, but you know, to go back to that stat that we tossed around at the beginning of the year when they started hot, like with Adley's day, de- if you go back to Adley's debut, they're winning in a 94 game clip over 162 games. So like this is this is like a season and a half basically of winning at this level um or near it and like one of the ways that I think, Joey, you brought up like that, how quickly it's gone from like what our expectations were in the preseason to what they are now. One of the ways to do that, I think, mm-hmm. is to have an exceptional bullpen. And they've really done that because it's not always easy to assess who's going to have that exceptional bullpen. We've talked about Yunair Cano quite a bit, but it's not just him. Uh, but the whole unit has been one of the three or four best bullpens. King Felix? Of- yeah, it's been one of the three or four hey, bullpens easy, in the league. Easy, Felix, I'm, uh, uh,
2: stop that. All right, stop you're that. gonna align
3: yourself with that
1: fucking needle dick out in <laughs> Seattle. That guy's a fucking dweeb, dude. I what? I was way ahead of the curve on that fucking guy. Me and him had a tweet beef in like 2015 or 2016, and then baseball who? Twitter discovered that this guy is a fucking Twinkie dick in 2023, and everyone's like, "Oh, this guy sucks." No, I, who,
2: tw- who is who is it?
1: He's like some know. radio host. He's the one that told. Uh, he, he's like, yeah, you can't use King Felix as your nickname anymore. That already belongs to someone.
2: Yeah, yeah well, I, I, I like regardless of who said that. I don't care if my worst enemy would have said that I'm going to agree with that.
1: Oh, no, you yeah. got to hear the
2: clip. No, you got to hear I, the
1: I, clip.
0: It's so cringe. It's so. I, I, yeah, dude. The yeah guy's I, know, the I had no
2: idea that that was a thing. I just heard you say King Felix and was like, uh, excuse me. No, there's there's only one King Felix.
1: Well, they used to say that about the rocket and then there was two of those too, so
2: <laughs> no, there hasn't like what, the Tesla rocket? Is that what you're talking about? You can't be two two rockets, you know. That's
1: it. This fucking video right here. Lola. See you, bro. Felix!
5: Lola. <laughs>
3: Okay. Hey, Felix, what do you think of the Orioles
1: calling you the new King Felix?
2: Uh, I, don't I don't know. I don't know. Would you rather have him stop that? Does, that? does that belong to Felix Hernandez? Yeah, yeah. It does. Okay, so do us a favor as Mariner fans. Yeah. Tell
1: the Orioles social media team to knock it off, will you? Thank you. Whoa. Whoa, yeah, that's who you're aligning yourself with, no, Dallas. No, not at all. Yes, it that's is. not you who literally, I'm aligning with. Yes, you did. With. You said, Oh, nope, team nope. suck. No. Yes, you did. Yes, you no, did. No, yes, no, you did. No. You were like, Man, that guy is my fucking preacher. Preach, never said that. King. Yes, never you did. You never said that. Yes, you fucking did. I, like, you have at, to that, love at that, that point in time? At that point in time,
2: at anybody at, around that dude has the authority to fucking to <laughs> to take that guy's tape for Dallas follows this guy on Twitter too.
1: He retweeted the video
2: that's that's not even yes not you even, did no
1: yes you did dude
2: no i did not <laughs> why do you back, like that
1: guy so much He go sucks. back and look at the tweet that guy yeah, sucked
2: yeah and you heard it from felix's mouth that yeah we should probably uh there's no there's he was just
1: King he goes. was just accosted and he was just like ah what are you no, talking he didn't we, know what he, he was he talking heard about it. he was caught off guard
2: you heard it. You heard it. Oh, yeah. Uh, it I don't bad. know about that. I don't know about that. A
0: bad luck for you, dude. Yeah. We, we, should react. we should reenact that with Jay Hay. Someone come up to Jay Hay. Uh, I'm pretty sure that name goes to Jason Hayward, bro. We've
3: <laughs> yeah. you know? been How through much- this. We've been through <laughs> yeah. this. I'm older than yeah. Jason Hayward.
0: Yeah. How about you guys? You I'm tell him to knock it off. Older than Josh Harrison, games. too. Yeah, the knock Jay it off.
3: All yeah. these other fucking li- Johnny-come-latelys.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's tough. Yeah, Dallas, you never come at Jay Hay for being a nickname stealer.
2: I, I, we just established why. We've had this we, conversation yes. long, long ago.
3: I mm-hmm. If anybody wants to put up a different argument, if in, any either of those people want to come on the podcast and explain why they're actually the real Jay Hay, then they're more than welcome to. If Jay, if Jason Hayward comes on, we can also talk, you know. <laughs> you know what we can talk. We're yeah, we'll be talking it later. Talking a little
1: meter? Oh, big time meter update today. They ain't chanting for Clemens, Dallas. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> I, didn't, they I, were not I could barely chanting for hear
2: Clemens. that. That's <laughs> just had a, a, birthday fact. <laughs> a birthday
1: party. A birthday party. Dallas, what stood out <laughs> to you this weekend? Presented by DirecTV, home to the most local MLB games. This segment. The weekly, the weekend storylines presented by Directv. Shout out to Directv, uh, big time sponsor of all the All Star Game coverage that we did as well. Uh, Dallas, what stood out to you over the weekend?
2: Um, what stood out was honestly last night's broadcast of uh, of the Angels game. Um, and and I'm not I'm not critiquing the broadcast at all. I just find it interesting that. Because it was, and I understand that the main talking point, especially if you're talking about the Angels right now, is what it is, the Halos. But, I mean, there was a lot of folks that were kind of throwing around the same idea loosely. Like, like is this? It just felt like one big tamper session. You know? Like, just here's three hours. Like, if I'm Artie Moreno, I am... I am feverishly scrambling in the back on the fucking board. Like, how do we fucking unplug the... How do we fucking stop all of this from happening right now? Like, it's three hours of how you're telling me I've got to get rid of the best player that's ever played the game. And I'm going to be an idiot if I don't. This is what we have to do. This is what's going to happen if we don't do this. Mike Trout's going to be right behind him 10 minutes later. He's going to be asking to leave. Like. Um so it just struck me like damn dude have we seen anything like that before have have we been in a position where a player has been facing what he's facing in terms of free agency and has it drummed up the attention the way that this has to the point where unapologetically the crux the majority of a production is talking about the future of one player and we are so far beyond caring about what that's doing to like an Artie Moreno, what that's doing to the angel. Like doesn't even matter. Like, like, damn dude, do you guys like, we understand that we're kind of putting the angels on blast here. Like we're really basically playing GM for them over this three. Like don't care. We're going to do that. That's, that's what, so, and again, that's not a critique on the broadcast at all. I'm not saying, man, they should have gone a different way. Not at all. I'm just, I was just like, wow. Here we are. This is how big of a story and how big of a steamroll the Shohei Otani free agency will be. I said it years ago. When this dude hits the free agent market, we are going to see negotiations, pursuit. And I even talked about the details of what his contract could look like being something that we've never seen before. Julio Rodriguez's contract is something that I think you'll be able to start to look at and get a feel for all of the nuance there and get an idea of what Shohei's contract could eventually look like with the hitting and pitching side having to be paid attention to. But for me, a three hour, why is Otani still on the angels? fest was like, I was just like, damn, this is where, this is where this story is. It's not just the forefront. It is the story.
1: Also, um, another thing that, uh, with with the whole Shohei trade stuff, wouldn't you at this point, what, are, what if you're the Angels and thinking about this in a baseball sense, isn't this your loophole about how we don't want to trade the best player to ever live? Like, we don't want that to be on us. But what if you use Shohei to rid yourself of the Anthony Rendon contract?
2: Well, that's I mean, that's fine. But do you understand the implication that comes after and you can plug of, you're you in-
1: damned if you do, you're damned if you don't like there's no pat like there's no like secret answer. Like, oh, let's put our heads together well, here. Let's come up with a solution that will uni- be universally praised and it's, it's guaranteed to let's, work. Let's ask it that this doesn't way.
2: exist. Let's ask it this way, Jared. Ask it this way. Are any of us of the belief that when Shohei Otani leaves, Mike Trout is more than happy staying pat? Like staying in Anaheim? Staying you in, yeah, yes. Here's the situation. Shohei he's already told, told you he's happy
1: staying there whether they win or lose. He's already told you that.
2: That's fine. That was with Shohei in house. And that no, was
1: no, it was he, before what, Shohei.
2: No, well right. He, he's signed is,
1: two deals to stay there. He has told you I'm but, happy right here,
2: no matter whether we win or lose. That is that was before he went and played in the WBC and experienced, and that what he moved experienced. the needle for sure. Okay, so that's what I'm saying. We're at a different place now. We're at a different time now. And for, for Mike Trout, Jared, his feeling could very well have changed the minute the last pitch of the WBC was thrown. And he was like, you know what? Coming into this thing, I was diehard dedicated to the Halos, and this is how I want to do it. This is how I'm going out. That's great. Damn, that felt good. And you know what? I really want to feel like there's going to be some movement. And if I've got an ownership group now who's kicking around the idea of selling the team, they're getting ready to, to move You know, the, 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 the best player on our team, where do I fit into that? I just had the track record of this franchise tell me how they were going to react and how they were going to perform for me in terms of getting support around me for us to win. And what that track record is showing right now is that they haven't done that. When they've tried to, at times it's been misguided, and they've signed some contracts that they probably could have dispersed evenly amongst other needs, and they have found themselves continually behind the eight ball. And Mike Trout has not factored into any of that. Him being there hasn't factored into any of that. And so right. why would they continue now on the other side of his prime to try to, to, try to build around him?
1: So you don't you don't need to convince me that the angels are fucking stupid and have had a very poor plan built around Mike Trout over the last decade. I am well aware of that. What I am not convinced of yet, uh, because I mean, I planted that seed before it even happened. I said, all right, Mike Trout's playing in the World Baseball Classic. He's going to get the itch. And then he went on Mookie Betts podcast and confirmed that. Like, yeah, man, like, I love that. Like, I, I and Mookie's like, yeah, like you got you just. That's crazy to me that you didn't like you haven't experienced an atmosphere like that. And you still really haven't because, I mean, it was the World Baseball Classic. It wasn't the actual World Series. So those thoughts are obviously uh, permeating in his mind. And he's he's manifesting a scenario in his mind where he plays in the postseason and he wins a World Series. And he feels that energy from from the fans and his teammates in these big moments, even if he's not directly involved in them like he he was super animated on the bench for some of these moments like that's all there but do you think it's at the point because i don't you think that we would have heard something by now don't you think that we would have like Jer, Jer, we would have had some is... sort of john Heyman report like reports that no, you know no. behind the scenes like no. sources closest to mike Trout are saying like no. he you know he really wants to get out of anaheim and you know he's he's growing sour of his relationship like maybe that comes after the fact maybe that comes after shohei leaves but Mike Trout that already needs knows to happen. that needs but to he happen. already knows that he's gone. Like at, under no circumstances is Shohei Otani staying with the angels. So Mike Trout knows that he's gone. So he, he must be having these conversations privately. If that's truly how he feels about. All right. Yeah. If, if Shohei well, goes, I go like that's, that has to be the mindset. Why,
2: this is well, this is why. And it's fair if that is the mindset, but this is why he has to let everything else play out. Like we have to remember. This is a player who was playing for a team who, just as recently as last year, or as recently as this year, there was a conversation about Artie Moreno entertaining the sell of his team. And now you have to ask yourself what brings somebody back from the brink of selling their franchise to the point now where they want to compete, or if they do want to compete? That's the question. What has brought the Moreno group back and said, we're not selling? In fact, this is what we're doing. And if this is them unloading the bank for Shohei Otani and continuing to try to pursue other free agents that are going to make a move, well, then that would give Mike Trout an opportunity to take pause and go, all right, you just gave him fucking $600 million, $700 million. And I see this money on the table moving forward for these other folks. Well, you know what? That's the song I was waiting for you to play. That's the tune I was waiting to hear before I started my dance. I can hear it faintly. I can start to warm up. I can start to get ready to go to work. But if it's Otani that's gone and it's Rendon that you're packaging to get rid of that deal as well, then where do I fit in if I'm Mike Trout?
3: I got to get in there because Jared brought it up and you just mentioned it. I got bad news for who's the idea of packaging Anthony Rendon to move Shohei Otani. I am seriously doubting that any team is taking on 129 million dollars of essentially dead money to acquire two or two and a half months of Shohei Ohtani it's just not happening and if i'm to- if i'm wrong on that what i'm not wrong on is that if they are willing to take on 129 million dollars of dead money to acquire two months of Shohei Ohtani what they are also- what they are not also willing to do is send you anything else for that privilege In so if the Angels, even if let's say that path is available to the Angels and they take it, what are you left with after that? You are left with quite literally nothing, nothing. except for Mike Trout, because it's great to hypothetically reallot the Rendon money somewhere else, which would be the whole point of trading him. But where are you spending that? Who is taking your money? Other teams have have money to spend in free agency too. And you would have no long-term payoff in the prospects that you would otherwise get in Otani if you just kept Rendon. So I think like, I, I, I no, think that, that would that be Rendon... the single worst thing that the angels could do. And I don't think it's even available to them, but
2: no, it would be well. It, they would be putting a massive anchor on their own hook, oh. and they would never be able to reel it to the surface ever. There's no chance. And the, the other thing Wendell. too,
1: to to Jay Hay's point about you know the Angels would have money, but other teams have money too. There's kind of a sad, developing, uh, dynamic with the Angels now, where it used to be, hey, come to Anaheim, you can play with Mike Trout. Now, <clears throat> as he gets older and the injuries start to mount up year after year, it's becoming, hey, come to Anaheim. Please save Mike Trout <laughs> from from being this star that never gets to the playoffs. Like, now we need you to attach yourself to Trout to help him get
2: there. Like, and that, not just you, he,
3: but like two of your buddies too. Right? Multiple yeah. of you, all of you. And, and <laughs> like, I, I just, uh, as it relates to, the the Rendon thing and the Angels like w- they've already lost they are they're at seven percent to make the playoffs and they were at ten point eight percent the last time we talked on mm. Thursday's podcast so like oh that's only three point eight percent like uh that's like that's like that's a, a huge lot. chunk of their odds right like that's all they have <laughs> it's, left guys and it's about a third <laughs> and to your point about Artie Moreno like what changed it wouldn't surprise me if all that changed was is He wanted value for a franchise that had Shohei Ohtani on its team. And the people who were interested in buying were like, you might not have Shohei Ohtani on your team in a year. So why would I value it as if Shohei is going to be there? Like, I bet it could have been that simple. Like, yep, that's um, what I've said. So I... I already said that I think they need to trade him, and that holding on to him and letting him walk would be a bigger disaster for the franchise than being the team that traded Shohei Ohtani. Because you're already the team that squandered Shohei Ohtani, right? Like that's already
2: that story is there. So like, yeah. what's well, like? It's what like you're buying a luxury. It yeah, it's like you're buying a luxury, <clears throat> a luxury sports car, and you realize, oh, wait a minute. I mean, this looks great on the outside, but i I've, I've just popped the hood, and there is a fucking. You got a V six under here and I just opened the car and this is not leather interior. There's no fine appointments here. This is fucking cloth. There's a cigarette lighter in here. what the fuck is going on? This is not what I thought we were getting. And that's exactly, exactly why I've been asking the question. What do you think possibly happened for Artie Moreno to go? Nope. And then to not see him make a run at Otani. That right there is exactly what happened. You got hit with the sorry, bro. I'm not quite sure what the storefront's going to look like next year. Great location, but the product I just don't think is going to be there. So for that reason, I'm out. Isn't isn't the, there's a sad irony too
3: about like you know Artie Moreno specifically and just owners in general are always trying to like break through into the national consciousness and have their brand be like that net na- like that brand that has national strength or whatever. And it's just so funny that like all of the like the Angels get into the national conversation and are like a touchstone point in sports because of their failure to build around the generational star. Like that has to just suck so badly as an owner to have that be like your legacy. And you know, to go back to the free agency point too about the idea of clearing Rendon's contracts so you can spend. I know it's a different GM but, like, why would we have any faith in the Angels putting free agency money to good use? Like, we're on, like, three or four straight regimes for the Angels post-World Series. That's two decades in the past now, by the way. Um, yeah, like you can just go, go Hamilton. You go ha-
2: yeah, you go Hamilton, Pujols, Rendon, right?
3: Yeah, and and, and those uh, are th- those are like the tent poles. There are many other bad ones, but be- like Gary Matthews sure. Jr. and C.J. Wilson, and like Whoa. all all of these other th- I, and smaller ones, like Tyler Anderson hasn't really worked out very well. That's another thirty-five million dollars or whatever it was. Like it's just who is the who
1: is the uh, the other player when the the off season that they trotted out C.J. Wilson? There was someone. It else. was Pujols,
3: wasn't that the same Pujols. off season?
1: Oh, was it? I, yeah, okay. yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah walls and uh and uh who else
0: why am i forgetting his name oh we just never mind cut that out <laughs> i was
1: gonna <laughs> good say right. hamilton and we just said hamilton, hamilton. Up, <laughs> that was uh <laughs> hamilton was in what 2012 yeah something like that it was right after the world series horrible horrible anyways it, i If there are any Angels fans that listen to this podcast, this must be your least favorite podcast. Because (laughs) at least we tell it to you like it is, though. I feel like there's gotta be angel like delusional as fuck angels podcasts out there that think that Shohei's staying or that the you know there's a path or whatever with the we just tell it to you like it is. Here's
2: here's the thing. If they were going to make a run, if the conversation about keeping Otani they already made
1: their run. They were like eight games over five hundred.
2: No, I mean a run at Otani, not Uh, a run in the uh, postseason. No, I mean a run. What about where you're at right now affects that? I don't care if we're up by 10 games and have a great outlook on the postseason or if we're in the spot we're in right now. If I have pulled back the offer to sell my team and I have Shohei Otani on it, there is no other option than to try to secure the services for the rest of his career. There is simply no other option unless you are going to move him, restock the coffers, and then sell the team again. But to the point that J.H. and I have made, if it ain't got Shohei Otani on the label, I don't know that you're getting the price that you want.
0: No. They need to rebuild, full-on rebuild. Trout's gone, Rendon, get, try to get rid of him. Show hey, gone. Get rid of everybody. That's me.
2: It just feels it it feels so terrible and nasty and and like gross and dirty that we're so close to the Angels being able to have a say in what goes on in October. And we've just it feels like we've been so far away from it actually happening the entire time.
0: Yeah. I mean we gotta we gotta acknowledge that they did get screwed this year with injuries. Like like in two weeks span, they lost like no doubt. five or six guys that really screwed them. Will they make the playoffs with them? You know, who knows? Maybe not. But that did pretty much put the nail in the coffin.
3: But but that is true. But like there, those are guys who have now suffered injuries in many consecutive seasons. And if you don't have I, there is no plan B for losing Mike Trout. But if you don't have depth options in your organization to plan for an Anthony Rendon loss, that is fucking on you a hundred percent at this point. And like the angels have built no organizational depth in that way. Like they don't, they can't withstand these losses, but that's been the case for a half decade now. And it never, it never seems to change.
2: Yeah. It's a tough one to swallow. If you're a Halos fan, (laughs) it makes me angry as a
3: neutral baseball fan. Like I can't even imagine it. I can't even imagine being an
2: angels fan. What? just for competitive balance purposes, when you 've got a team that has the two greatest fucking players the sport has right now and you can't figure out a way to make that work, it also like
3: it also makes baseball it, it, in a way it makes me feel like it makes baseball look stupid because it's like you you can't get your your best player by far. And like the guy who held that mantle for a decade long period into the fucking playoffs, like one time you can't get him in one time. Like, and I know it's not baseball's fault at all. Like they've lowered the bar for the postseason, as we've discussed many times on this to as low as it can basically go. Hopefully. I feel and like the angels still it can't clear or it. the
1: angels. They, they changed that rule for <laughs> the angels and they still couldn't get in. <sighs>
3: Imagine how imagine if that was true, though, if it was really like, like the, think about that, internally, if like it think, was the Angels. Think rule. about
1: like the fact that they change the schedule so that everyone has to play everyone. I truly believe that they changed that so that Shohei can be trotted around in every single ballpark. Like, I feel like they changed that rule because Shohei exists. They let more teams into the playoffs. I think it's because, like, <sighs> man, these angels are fucking stupid. So if they can't get into the playoffs, let's bring the playoffs to them. And they still couldn't get in. And like it, it would not surprise me at all if the extra wild card was for the fucking angels. Because Mike, <laughs> tri- like every rule changes for marketing. It's not for like competitive value. Yay, everyone. Like, you know, owners are complaining. We want to we want to accommodate the owners. It's always for to appease the fans and for marketability. Bigger bases. What do people want more of? Stolen bases. All right, make the fucking bases bigger. Oh, what are people complaining about? Oh, the shift. We want more balls in play. We want people to get more hits. People love hits. People love action. All right, we'll ban the shift. What do people love? Who's the most popular player in this sport? Oh, Shohei Otani. Well, then let's let's have less games in division and let's trot this motherfucker around the entire league. People want, we want, oh, attendance is is up in some spots, but it's down in these other spots. All right, then put Shohei in every fucking ballpark. Let's change the rules for that. Like it would not surprise me at all if the extra wild card was literally to help the angels get into the playoffs so we could see mike trout and shohei be there and they couldn't get not only could they not get there they couldn't even be in the fucking conversation they didn't even make it interesting that's what's crazy they didn't even make it interesting
3: it's no longer endearing to be a loser Right. Like there was an era in baseball history where like the lovable loser thing had real like cultural cachet. Right. And the Cubs cashed in on it. The Red Sox rode that for a while. Like I. I, Trout and Otani being on a perpetual loser pisses me off. And the world is too cynical now to put up with this bullshit. Like get in the playoffs. You need to be in there. And like we can keep yelling that it's over for this situation. Like. This was the call at the beginning of the year and it looked promising and it's it's just not there anymore. So I'm looking forward to seeing Otani on his next team. I'm 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 over what, seeing him dragged cool down by this bullshit.
2: What's cool to think about Jay Hay is and, and it is, you know, one <laughs> the demise of one era will mark the beginning of another and the acquisition of Shohei Otani could very much be like the acquisition of Babe Ruth in a sense where it sets an organization off on a trajectory that could be
4: everlasting. Like you're about to acquire the
2: greatest baseball talent that has ever been known ever what that can do for a franchise. As we know could, could be fucking massive.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's not even like, I think, when you talk about Shohei being the, the greatest baseball player ever, you don't even need to be the greatest baseball player ever to have that lasting effect, right? Like we no. we were just in Seattle for the all-star game. They're still talking about Ichiro there. He's been gone for a long time. Like his, mm-hmm. his MVP season was in 2001, you know, like, it, like you, you're a generational type talent that can go to a certain organization and be that figure even it's not even while you're there. After you're gone, you can still be that guy. So the fact that, you know, I I, I had to well, have this realization like- with myself when Mookie Betts went to the Dodgers, having that conversation with myself of Mookie will be with the Dodgers for longer than he was ever with the Red Sox. That's crazy to me. But the entire conversation around Shohei Otani was always first and foremost how great he is, and then immediately it goes to well, is he ever going to be in the playoffs? And like the, the 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 shitty teams that get built around Shohei Otani with the Angels eventually to talking about what Jay Hay said, like I'm pissed off as a neutral fan I'm uh, for Angel fans. We're going to get to a point, hopefully, where Shohei Otani is free from all that. And he's going to go to a team that is going to build a contender around him. We will see him in the playoffs hopefully multiple times, maybe even win a championship or two like that is on the horizon because he, unlike Mike Trout, uh, did not agree to stay in Anaheim for his whole fucking career.
2: You you, you know what it feels like, Jared, just to give a little Titanic reference? It It feels like uh, it feels like Shohei and Trout are on the floating piece of driftwood. They're on the door, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, you and I are in the boat. (laughs) <laughs> we're just circling around trying to try to pick folks up and we see Shohei and we're like, bro, we got to go back. We got to go. We got to go back. Come and back. both of us reach out to grab each arm of Shohei and, and we're like, hey, Mike, you're going to be you good here. We'll circle. We'll be back. Like, we're all, I mean, I feel like you can make it. We'll we'll be bye, bye. Bye, Mike. Bye, Mike. Like, hey, man, you wanted the door. You wanted the door and we grab shohei and but it feels like feels like everybody's almost okay with that now like all right look if trout has to if trout has to be the one to fall under the axe to get shohei out of there then so be it
5: mhm
4: it feels that way that does i hate that
5: <sighs>
4: well that was talking shohei uh- sugoi <laughs>
2: Show today, honey. <laughs> uh, Speaking uh, of each row, oh, well, I'm sure. Go ahead.
1: Well, I my thing that stood out to me over the weekend. The Philadelphia Phillies, they're back. They just swept the San Diego Padres, and they have the best record. So this is uh, the Phillies were a season worst seven games under 500 on June 2nd. Since then, they've won 26 out of 36 to move to a season high nine games over 500. They're 51 and 42. Only the Braves have had a better record in the in the big leagues and their playoff odds coming into today, which is Monday, are up to sixty nine point four percent. The fighting fills, dude. How do you feel about your fills, Joe? Uh, I love it for my fills. I, I don't know. I'm
0: nervous for my Braves. Because this just feels uh, like a deja vu situation. Like, if you're looking at the Braves and you're looking at... I mean, I saw a mock thing of the playoffs yesterday. They had all uh-huh. the teams in there. I don't even think the Phillies were in it when this was posted. And I, I was looking at it like, oh, the Braves are in the World Series. Easily. Yeah. Okay? Mm-hmm. But I think the Phillies are like the one... Probably the biggest threat in a playoff series. Other than the Braves. I Even... I think they scare me more than even the Dodgers. Just because, really? like... Like, the Reds could win... Their next 40 games, all right? Like, if you're playing them in the playoffs, if you're starting Brandon Williamson, you know, I'm not really thinking this is going to be, like, a, that tough of a series. But the Phillies with Nola, with Wheeler, and then with Taiwan Walker, and that how deep the lineup is, like, they are a scary team. Even if they got off to a slow start, it really doesn't matter, as you can see what, how they're playing
1: now. Yeah, they're only a half game back of the D-backs for the third wildcard spot. And it's pretty... It's pretty crowded right now. Like the, you have the Giants, Marlins and D-backs all have uh, a wild card spot, but the Giants and Marlins are separated by 1 percentage point and then a half game back of the D-backs and then a half game back of that. Like the Phillies realistically uh, could have the top wild card spot by like tomorrow. <laughs> so We'll see Giants still playing good ball. There's one five straight. The
3: the interesting thing to me about the Phillies situation is the announcement. Yeah, I think it was yesterday that uh, Bryce Harper is going to play some first base this week Um, and what the implications are for that for the defense. Um, You know, we don't need to turn this into a Schwarber thing, but Schwarber is arguably the worst defensive player in baseball. Uh, By the numbers this season, and when Harper goes to first, that means Schorber gets more time at DH, and uh, they can trot out, you know, with that Johan. I think Johan Rojas with him, they could trot out a a pretty premium defensive outfield if they wanted to go that way. They could also go a couple of other ways, but I I don't know if it's going to have a big impact. But I, I, if Harper can play first base a couple of times a week, I really like what that gives them. The, the added versatility it gives them defensively because when he, when he wasn't doing that and Schwarber had to play the outfield basically to play, um, that's just a clunkier fit. And that's not when they're at their best, I don't think.
1: Well, see what happens with the Phils. <clears throat> but it is wedding season. Love is in the air. Looking oh. sharp all wedding season. Shouldn't be expensive. With a custom fitted suit from Indochino, you'll create priceless memories without costing a fortune. Customize every detail of, on your suit, shirt, dinner jacket, and more in a range of colors from a traditional black or gray to a burgundy or olive to a classic Hemsworth navy. I have a wedding coming up in just a few weeks. Indochino hooking it up. Going to be looking snazzy for wedding season. Uh, every suit is made to your exact measurements and you can customize every single detail. Create a suit that fits you and your family perfectly with options for fabrics, lapel shape, custom monograms, statement linings, and more. They also have tuxedos starting at $579. Why rent when you could just buy a custom tux and you can rewear it for years to come? Indochino also offers completely custom-fitted shirts, casual wear, and more. Get a superior wardrobe personalized to your style and taste without the luxury price tag. They're always adding new pieces and options so you can stay on trend and in style. Explore their relaxed yet refined approach to spring suits with their new spring fabrics. RSVP, knowing that you've got the perfect look for wedding season, all wedding season long from Indochino. Go to Indochino.com, use the promo code DEAD, D-E-A-D, to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That is I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com.
2: who get it done
1: and uh my uh i'm just gonna give myself a pat on the back here because my my ad reads have come a long way (laughs) they've come a long way from what are you laughing at Dallas?
2: oh I i mean you you're just a you're that much better of a reader these days which is good to see
1: this is uh I believe this is from this is from before the 2018 season. So a past life for me. This is from March 2018 from our old podcast. Wait, wait for Dallas's howl in the background uh, for how far I've come in terms of being able to read. Uh, This blue apron read. There's going to be some words in here that I don't know how to pronounce.
3: <laughs> I'm excited.
1: <laughs> I'm just warning you. Go for it.
0: <laughs> do
1: it. Oh, wow. Hmm. <laughs> is the leading meal kit delivery service in the United States. And while many people know what we do, many people don't know about the types of meals you can eat when you cook with B***. <laughs> like quick bucatatini. chittini oh my god (laughs) and (laughs) uh, (laughs) (laughs) and uh, pecorino cheese (laughs) an italian style shrimp (laughs)
2: It's it's come a long way.
1: <laughs> it's come a long way.
2: Oh I, <laughs> yeah, I think it's just better if we stay away from you reading ingredients. That's
1: <laughs> <it>. <laughs> Get, from- oh, Get a free shit. free ad, or yeah, uh, Jake, bleep that. <laughs> Jake, bleep bleep the name of the company.
2: Yeah, it it didn't take Jared fifteen minutes to take a shit. It took him fourteen and a half minutes to figure out how to read the shampoo bottle ingredients. Yeah. That was that was the problem.
1: Yeah, I, uh, <clears throat> I've come a long way, you know? I even sound different. I feel like my balls dropped a little bit. I feel like I, uh, I speak with more bass in my voice than I did at the... That's, what, that's the difference of a championship season. I was a boy back then. Now I'm a man. <laughs> now I'm a man. Ironically, Big that difference.
0: was the year the Red Sox won the World Series, and now they're shit. Uh, no.
1: They're not they uh, they actually have a path now. I don't know if you saw that, but I'm not going to I'm not going to get into all that. We're just going to wait and see. Do you I, I don't know that like that's kind of that's a big question that I have with myself is will I be as insufferable the next time the Red Sox win the World Series as I was in 2018? I don't know. I feel like is that because I know Dallas can't relate. I think it's like a. I think it's like a a genetic thing, like it can just be dormant within you. I don't think it's an age maturity thing. I think it's more just when you get there and you win a championship, it just it does something to your brain chemically. I can't control that. (laughs) So I don't know. I don't I I honestly I don't know how I'm going to act. I would like to think that I would handle my fifth ring with more class. Then I handled the fourth, but I don't know. I don't know. It's I not something it. that I'm gonna have to worry about this year, though. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, I mean, the New York Yankees uh have joined the Red Sox in last place. I don't know if you
2: saw that. Yeah, I just didn't think I I didn't have either team being competitive there. But
1: <laughs> the New York Yankees technically are in last place alone. They are they are they have identical records, they're both nine games back in first place. Uh, But because of the head to head, the tiebreaker, Red Sox are above the New York Yankees. But I did see this report today, um, this from Mark Feinzend, and he says it has been well documented that the Yankees are seeking corner outfield help by the trade deadline. But according to sources, New York is also seeking to upgrade its catching, starting rotation and back end of the bullpen in the next two weeks. So essentially, they just want a whole new team. <laughs> that's what they're, that's what so they're, they're like, looking
2: hey. for a left fielder, a right fielder, <laughs> some bullpen help.
1: Yeah, a start, couple starters. They want two new catchers uh, and a shortstop, maybe second baseman, some help at first base. And if they can get someone to, to, to take over for Donaldson, who's now injured at third base, then now we're cooking. Sounds like you right. need Shohei Ohtani. He
0: does not, all of it.
2: Not a tall ass. Yeah, yeah, I mean Ohtani, he he literally checks he checks a couple of those boxes. You need offense, done. You need pitching, done.
0: Mhm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I mean. But I the Red know. Sox on the other hand, with the same record, are doing going to do nothing?
2: I didn't say that. Well,
4: that's Red just that's like,
0: like, that's that's the vibe that's I'm that's getting from like the the wind, the, my uh, my sources.
2: Yeah, it does. Uh, it does. It feel, Joe. Does it feel like the Red Sox are an organization right now that are kind of just happy to be in any sort of wild card postseason conversation? They have the best like, record in
1: baseball this month.
0: Well, like,
2: it, is, that, uh, is that the vibe you're getting too?
0: I'm. I'm. Uh, the Red Sox are yes, happy to be there. Like, this is as yeah, well as good as it's going to get. Yep.
2: Right. Right. Not going to make a big splash. Like we're not going to do that. We are. We are one of those teams. That are here to tell you that we are okay with the playoff bar being lowered. The more people in, the better. We like to be a part of that group. And yeah, it's just, it is. That's that's kind of the energy that you're getting.
0: Well, that's why I said I'm earlier glad- in the season, like the Red Sox hope they're freaking golden, you know, whatever, their North Star. Their goal is just sneak into the playoffs, get like a viral song that everyone can rally around for maybe, you know, get in the uh, ALCS, you know, and everyone likes the song. And. Get some yeah. clicks and stuff. That's sell some t-shirts.
2: Yep. Which is fun. I mean, it's that's dumb. good.
0: That's a good place to be. That's fun.
2: Yeah, yeah it's fun. It's fun.
0: Every team would it's love fun. a song. A, a lot, lot of fan bases would love a viral song, a viral little, little skit they all do, you know, rally around. <laughs> skit, you know. Yeah. A viral skit.
2: Yeah, Maybe something I'd, they could sing after Sweet Caroline. Just, just something. I hate that
4: song. Just, just something.
1: Yeah, I don't like that song. I'm just saying the Yankees. I mean, the Yankees are saying that they're buyers. They're buyers at the death. They're a last place team. They are
0: buyers. (laughs) (laughs) That is funny to think about. They are last
1: place and they are definitely buyers. Mm -hmm. They will buy just two out. Just two out. Yeah, I mean, that's what thanks. Thanks to the Shohei Otani rule. The new playoff format. uh, The Yankees are buyers in last place. I guess we'll see. We'll see what they do. But it is, uh, it's dire out there. I mean, they are, the fans are as delusional as ever. Um, but, you know, let's let's try and cheer them up with the, the baseball is dead parlay that's going to hit today. Uh, get that winning feeling from the gridiron to the diamond and beyond with DraftKings Sportsbook. With money lines, props, parlays, and more, you can bet your favorite sports and take shot at huge wins. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use the promo code Jared, J-A-R-E-D. New customers can score $150 in bonus bets instantly for betting just $5 on anything only at the DraftKings Sportsbook with the promo code Jared. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY- In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after insurance. Opt-in and 10 plus leg requirement for 100% boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. At the risk of getting cucked, I'm going to go first. I'm going to go first with my pick. Wow.
4: Uh,
1: My Hail Mary
4: pick. Shohei Ohtani
1: to Homer. (laughs) Shohei Ohtani to Homer. Uh, He had two home runs over the weekend. He leads Major League Baseball. In slugging percentage against right handed pitching, 681. 681 slug to lead MLB. That is 51 points higher than the next closest. That's Matt Olson. He has 50, he's, his slugging percentage is 51 points higher than the next closest. Leads MLB in slugging percentage versus right handed pitching. And he's going up against Luis Severino tonight, who should be bagging groceries at <laughs> fucking Market Basket. He's got a 738 ERA. My only concern is that Aaron Boone doesn't let him see the third inning. That's how much Luis Severino sucks. But even if he doesn't, it doesn't matter. Shohei probably going to hit a home run anyway. The pick is Shohei to Homer.
2: Mm. Showtime to Homer. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I get on board with the showtime, Homer. Mm-hmm. No doubt. No doubt. I'm going to head in a little different route. As you guys have probably noticed, I like to keep things centrally located on the mound. No change here. Got a couple different plays that I could potentially offer you, but I think where we're going here. I think where we're going here. Well, look, Lazardo 115 taking the over on six and a half punch outs. And here's why. Because over his last four starts, Jesus Lazardo has punched out at least eight. So it was nine punch-outs against the Pirates, nine punch-outs against the Sox. He punched out eight last time against the St. Louis Cardinals, punched out nine against Philly, and he'll be going against those same St. Louis Cardinals once again. And I know what you're thinking. Dallas, they just saw him two starts ago. Isn't there going to be an adjustment made? Anytime a guy goes out on the mound and is able to generate that kind of swing and miss, I like to think that he's got a pretty good idea of why it happened. And he should be able to repeat something similar to that. So Lazardo plus 115 over six and a half on the punch outs.
4: Beast. Jay. All right, Jay Hay. Uh,
3: I'm going Giants on the road against the Reds tonight. Giants gonna bring home the victory, the money line. Uh like Webb, Logan Webb on the bumpy. Um mm-hmm. Scoreless in 13 career innings against the Reds, uh, and they have not seen him to Dallas's point this season, so uh, could still be fresh looking. But yeah, I'm taking the Giants uh, on the road minus 145.
1: Joseph,
0: I'm going with Mookie, not Mookie Betts. I'm talking Mike Mookie Mostakis. Okay, Mike Mookie <laughs> Mistakis. He's he's hot. He's gotten Quite hits. It's past six games. New team new Mookie you know um and he's facing Severino and he's why are you calling him that well we you know multiple people can have the same nickname Mm -hmm. we know that we've talked about this already and we've already gone
2: over this on the podcast Jared. like yeah you didn't know that you didn't you didn't know about Mookie (laughs) Bustakas
0: I would say people are calling him Mookie now. Now he's in LA, you know, new new guy, new nickname. You know, we you know there's a Mookie Moustakis. Moustakis. Mike Mookie Mustakis. There's a new Mookie in town, and he's hitting pretty well for the Angels. He's killed Severino his whole career, and he's hot. And Severino, as Jared mentioned, not doing so well right now. I'm just taking him to get a hit, you know, because you take a guy like Mookie Mustakis. You know, not as high profile as Shohei. If you bet Shohei to get a hit, and they probably don't even give it to you. You know, you get minus 4,000 odds. Mustakis, mm-hmm. I think it's like 160, minus 160. Perfect mm-hmm. parlay pick. He'll get a hit.
1: Mike Mookie Mustakis. <laughs> oh. I can't it's wait for him to hit a home run so I can tweet that <laughs> clip with a <the>
5: Mookie. <laughs>
1: Oh. Yeah, people don't know that. People don't know that about, about old Moose. Drop the Moose, pick up the Mook. Good for him.
4: Um, <clears throat> uh, the Blue Jays
1: have said that they have a quote-unquote strong interest in a reunion. Did you see this, Dallas? With, well, who do you think if they're trying to win the division and make me look smart? Who's someone that they could reunite with? Bautista, Jose Bautista, <laughs> Edwin Encarnacion,
2: oh, oh, Joseph Bats, and Jack Josh Morris. Donaldson.
1: <laughs> they're trying to bring back Murderers Row: Bautista, Encarnacion, Donaldson, <laughs> Russell Martin. <laughs>
2: Bring it back. Just uh What are they a, they they go they going with Teoscar? Oscar?
1: A buffet of righties. Um No. But that's a that's a good idea too. Bring back Teoscar Oscar Hernandez. Uh Marcus Stroman, they're interested in. Which I don't know. Like, I mean, we all know that Marcus Stroman is a very unique individual and that his brain operates in a way that very few of us could ever ever understand. Uh, Not necessarily. I mean, it's a good thing. I mean, it works for him. He's back to dominating, just shoved up the Red Sox ass on Saturday. Uh, Having a great season. He'll be in the Cy Young conversation in the National League. As long as he stays in the National League, he could get dealt to the American League, especially since we're talking about the Blue Jays here. But I don't know that. I don't think he has a say, but I don't think I don't want to speak for him. I can't imagine that that's a destination he would want to return to. I know he still has love for Blue Jays fans, but I feel like he was slighted by the Blue Jays organization on the way out, which is kind of how a lot of those guys feel on the way out. Like, I don't know the Donaldson feels super strongly about them. I know that Jose Batista, like a lot of the, like the stars that had their peaks in Toronto. I don't know that they're very fond of the organization. So, but who knows? Maybe, maybe if, if he returns to Toronto, uh, they, they pay him to stay. I don't know. Maybe there's some sort of happy ending there. But I did find it very interesting that the Blue Jays were interested in, in bringing Stroman back.
2: Well, why wouldn't they be interested with the way that he's thrown the ball? I mean, his last, you know, his last few outings have not been great, but the last one, his most recent one against Boston, as you said, Jared, was, was good. You know, mm-hmm. what, six innings, one run or whatever. Um, and this is a guy, when you start getting into the postseason or, or down the stretch, you talk about keeping the ball part, or keeping the ball in the yard, staying away from damage. That becomes really important, something Marcus Stroman has been exceptional at, keeping the ball in the yard. Um, I would like to think that ultimately, if you're worried about or concerned about winning a championship, the best place to do that is, is now in the moment. That's where your head is. You're thinking about that. If you're thinking about anything beyond that, well then, yeah, there's some probably external circumstances that factor into that decision-making. But if the goal is to win right here, right now, and we'll worry about the rest later, then I think much like GMs talk about having to pick up the phone and at least have the conversation, I think you have to at least entertain what that could look like. Because what's he have left on his deal?
1: Uh, he's a free agent after this year.
2: He's a free agent after. So, so then, I mean, why not? Like we've already, we've already been down this road before. This is just business at this point. I know how I'm going to feel about you after the fact. And frankly, now that I've already gotten my cake, like you don't affect me. You don't affect me at all. Because Strowman has a, doesn't he have an option? Doesn't he have a player option for 24? Uh,
1: I don't think so. Let's see. I thought, why, why, I,
2: why did I think he had a fucking player option for whatever reason? Because I, are you sure?
1: I'm going to double check that right now. He it was three years, seventy one million. Um, Stroman may opt out of his contract after the twenty twenty three season, so it's <laughs> twenty one million. He signed as a free agent with the Cubs, twenty five million, then twenty five million. The 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 deal for next year is twenty one million. Twenty twenty four salary increases by two million each with one hundred sixty innings pitched in twenty twenty two or twenty twenty three, so it would still be twenty three. Um, so he can opt out after this year, which he obviously is going to.
2: Yeah, and so if that's the case, he's like the the whole oh, uh, you know, I, I just had a bad taste in my mouth on the way out the door, blah, blah, blah. Like, if I'm only going to be here for two months, and I know in my heart of hearts that you and I are not going to be discussing an extension beyond this, or at least I know that I'm not interested in coming back and staying here for an extended period of time, but you offer me. The best chance to get to the postseason right now, why would I not take that? Sure. Why would I not take that? Sure. I mean, I don't know. And that's why if you're Stroh, you just hope that there's other suitors. You hope that there's more suitors that, you know, maybe you're more comfortable with if indeed the the front office relationship would be an issue or a hurdle of any sort. But I like to your point about his brain operating differently. For me as a competitor, I know the work is getting done on the field and in the clubhouse, and I know that what the future looks like, if I'm already comfortable with it not involving the Toronto Blue Jays, then I'm more than okay with being here because I know it's only going to be for two months, and it's only because this is the best opportunity to win a ring that I had in front of me.
1: And I know that fans feel a certain type of way about Strowman because, you know, he'll he'll block people on Twitter or whatever. But when I was at Wrigley, I was talking to some of the guys on the Cubs about Strowman, and they all fucking love him. So it's like, it's almost, it's very David Price-like where there's this kind of, you know, combative relationship with the fans, but everyone in the clubhouse loves the guy. So I guess and at the end of the day, that's all I mean. Like, if you have concerns about like, oh, like, we don't want to like, we got a good thing going over here and we don't want to bring something in in here. That's going to disrupt that. I don't think that there's any concern there. Like if you're a, if you're a team that's in the market for Marcus Stroman, that you should know that his teammates will love him. I mean, there may be a a combative relationship with the media in some corner of the fan base, but outside of that, like the, the guys in the the clubhouse are fans.
2: And if I'm a decision maker, you want to know where my priorities lie
1: with the guys in the clubhouse. Yeah.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. So I'm sorry that you media folks don't like the responses you get. And I'm sorry that he won't sign autographs or I'm sorry that your interaction with him is not as bubbly and positive as you want it to be. You know what is nice? The winnings. And you know what else is nice is the guys in that room being comfortable with this individual. So whoever that individual is, them being comfortable in the room, priority number one.
1: Even like like how, I mean, you can speak to this Dallas that, uh starters position players they just they run in different clicks mm-hmm. he's he's tight with like the position players too like yeah he was actually he was out there taking grounders at third base <laughs> mm-hmm. he was just out there just like fucking around with the infielders taking grounders at at third base just to kind of whatever stay what? sharp or bond with the infielders like That's- you know, have a relationship with all teammates instead of just other starters like he was doing that shit
2: well, that's, and that's like, dude, I was the same way. Like all, all, all the homies, like all, all the road dogs that I was rolling with out and about, there was one pitcher and the rest are position players. Like he's a, he's a, that, that's just, yeah, everybody operates differently. So I, I wouldn't see an issue with that. I would hope that Marcus has other options. Should that be the case, because he's pitched well D-Max. enough to deserve those other options. I want him to go
4: to the D-backs. so we'll see. D-backs,
2: huh?
1: Yeah, that's my pick. I think. I think you know, seeing him with Zach Allen would be really
2: fucking cool. Um, what? I, I'd give him a nice, uh, give him a nice top.
1: Yeah, I mean, like they're no stranger to throwing around money too. They'll randomly just splurge. They've lost four straight. Um, they've lost eight of ten. They've fallen to two back. They're in third place. They were kind of sitting pretty in first place for a little while, but the Giants have now passed them after winning five straight. Uh, the Dodgers have passed them, but it's still, it's still a tight race. You get the Dodgers a game and a half back or the Giants and then two back half back uh, are the D backs. Uh, are are you, are, have we all closed the books on the Padres? The Padres are toast for this year.
2: Yeah. Yes. Yes.
1: Jay? Toast. Yeah.
4: Yeah. I'm, yeah.
1: Joseph, toast.
2: They
0: could sneak a wild card.
1: Could they?
2: Yeah. What the hell? Yeah, they could sneak a wild card. What
0: the hell? <laughs> you don't want to you don't want to close the book too early. <laughs> they're eight back, bro. They got some they're pop. Eight back. They got some pop. Say so it, you're they're... as
2: confident you're as confident in the Padres as you are the Mets, then?
0: Uh no, I'm way more confident in the Padres than the Mets. If we're talking about closing books. <laughs> That book's been closed. And I'm not saying the Padres are even going to make the playoffs. I'm just saying I could see it happening. I could see him winning 12 games in a row. Hmm. It could fucking happen. It's not.
2: It could happen. The Rays won, Rays won the first month worth of games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they win,
0: they win eight games in a row. What are they? Four
4: back? Come on. Something oh like that. Either way, they got
0: pop.
1: <clears throat> they got pop. They got
0: Gary Sanchez.
1: <clears throat> they got Gary Sanchez. They got Blake Snell, who's been absolutely uh, in deal Fest mode for like a month now or two months. Blake Snell, let's pull up those numbers. His ERA is like half a run over his last, like he's in like double digit starts now that he's been doing this. And but- <laughs> perhaps not coincidentally, it's been all with Gary Sanchez.
3: And, and to that point, like, isn't it funny how that works? Like, I know I'm in a little bit of an echo chamber with the Gary Sanchez stuff being so close to New York city, but like, I, it was deafening how Gary Sanchez was ruining that pitching staff, uh, with his lack of ability defensively and with game calling. And I, I'm sure there was some level of truth to him having issues back there, but as Jared pointed out, he's been the guy for the Blake Snell run and you I don't really hear him getting any sort of game calling or defensive credit for that. I just I just think that's mostly fucking bullshit anyway. Well, the catcher you know where that comes from?
1: You know where that comes from? Where? Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole <laughs> saying wow. Kyle Higashioka is my catcher, and then you've got all these other slapdick pitchers in the Yankees rotation being like, well, if Garrett Cole prefers Kyle Higashioka, then why shouldn't I? Like Garrett Cole, he's Garrett Cole. He's the fucking highest paid pitcher, yada, yada. Meanwhile, Gary Sanchez unjustly gets cast off to the fucking Mexican Unju- League. Unjustly. <laughs> he gets Unjust. cast off to the fucking Mexican League. Next thing you know, he's, he's scratching and clawing trying to get back into the big leagues. The Padres give him a chance. And next thing you know, 10 starts for Blake Snell and a 0-6-2 ERA, yeah, 156 I'm, batting average against 58 I'm more inclined innings, to give credit to the guy on 91 strikeouts. 58 innings, 91 strikeouts, uh, an opponent's OPS of just 458, 10 starts, just fucking dealing, all because of Gary Sanchez, all because Garrett Cole cast him away and allowed him to leave the Yankees organization and end up
3: with the San Diego Padres. Dallas can say that he wants to give the credit to the pitcher, but all I know are what the numbers say. And mm-hmm. I know that his ERA, Austin Nola, when he caught, was 7.36 mm-hmm. in five Holy starts. Shit. Holy so, shit. So e- 0.51 or whatever it was, much better. It's much better yeah. than 7.36. Oh, it's, it's, it's much his better. ERA, his
1: ERA in, in nine starts without Gary, 555. Mm. No, excuse me, 540. 5, 540, but with a 555 FIP. That's like 10 times higher. Yeah.
2: I'm I'm just inclined uh, I'm inclined to give credit to a guy who's won a Cy Young. Uh, before what do you have? A,
1: what do you have against to like give Snell,
2: uh, a guy who has been cast Sanchez, off rather to the Mexican League the credit? That's that's just me.
1: That's just me. Why why what do you have against Gary?
2: I, I don't have anything against Gary. Do you I fat just said,
1: shame people? Are you a fat shamer?
2: <laughs> no, you were the one who did that early with Gary. No,
1: I did. I've never said anything about him in a derogatory manner.
2: I just no you did. You said Gary was too busy trying to catch slices of pies in his mouth to worry about catching fastballs from the Yankees pitching wow.
0: staff. Your wow. Words, now it all not comes mine. out. That's a, it a bad take, Jared.
3: Why does he not yeah, get that credit makes you as, at catching? Yeah, why does he not get credit as a defense defense first catcher now? He's batting one eighty eight this season with a <laughs> six sixty two OPS <laughs> and he's just lighting it up catching the ball. And nobody nobody wants to give Gary Gary the new yachty. That's what some are saying. Mm.
1: Gary is to Blake Snell is Doug Mirabelli is to Tim Wakefield. It is a tandem. You just absolutely cannot break up. You can't do it. The new Wayne uh, Gary, Yeah. That's truly what it is. They might be better.
3: Well, I mm-hmm. think they are better. Yeah. Gary's certainly holding up his end of the bargain.
1: I've never seen Adam Wainwright with a half a run ERA before.
0: Nope. The, Blake Snell does this every year, second half of the year. He's lights out. He's got an ERA is one run lower in the second half than his first half ERA. His whole career, just
2: just a slow starter.
0: Yeah, what the now hell? So you think he's
1: slow now. <laughs> when will the fat joke stop, Dallas?
2: I mean, they never started with me.
1: Interesting. Um, sounds like sounds like you're making fat jokes about a guy that has been working really hard. By the way, um, <clears throat> I'm working really hard on getting some more blue moons into my house. Actually. Uh, I have I got a shipment of four. It's either four or six. box I think it was four boxes of Blue Moon on my doorstep on Friday. My poor mother is out there with a box cutter t- trying to cut open these boxes. And she's like, there's just boxes and boxes of Blue Moon on your front doorstep. And I was like, Mom,
2: got your mom I'll schlepping crates of Blue Moon upstairs <laughs> yeah. into your house. Yeah. I was like, no,
1: not upstairs. The fridge, as you know, because you raided my fridge of Blue Moons, but you were here. The fridge is downstairs. Uh, I was like, listen, I'll handle it. Don't worry about it. Um, But yeah, four boxes of Blue Moon direct to my doorstep. And that was like Christmas morning. You know what else feels like Christmas morning? The playoffs. The playoffs are right around the corner. So it's time to help your team out by sticking to your lucky rituals, like the ritual of enjoying an ice cold blue moon while the game is on. Blue moon was born in a ballpark, first brewed at Coors Field in Denver, Colorado. Make it your one of a kind baseball tradition, whether you're at the park or watching from home. Uh, I'll be at the park this weekend. Mets are in town, blue moon in hand. I'm probably going to meet up with like the seven line guys. Mets fans are great. Uh, Out of all the opposing fan bases that come in, uh, that we host here at Fenway Park. Mets fans are by far the greatest because you know, <laughs> they'll do the Yankees suck chants together. They're just they're just happy to be there. They're like, hey, you guys hate the Yankees. We hate the Yankees. It's a whole thing. It's it's uh, it's very exciting when the Mets fans come to town and it'll be even nicer because they suck like that team fucking blows. So that's that's an easy series win for the Sox. Uh, we'll we'll get to that on name redacted. We'll, we're looking forward to Jake's prediction for that. But Jake's going to be fucking drinking some some Blue Moons this weekend. I know that's that's a guarantee with its refreshing flavor with Valencia orange peel for a subtle sweetness and hints of coriander. Blue Moon Belgian style wheat ale is a one of a kind beer that's made brighter. It's carefully crafted and full flavored with refreshing notes and a smooth, creamy finish. Blue Moon was brewed by baseball to give you a dose of nostalgia and get you excited for the new season. Why strike out with the same old beer when you can get something that's one of a kind? It's bold flavor, bright explosion of color, and iconic orange slice ritual. Guarantees a -a one-of-a-kind beer experience, perfect for spring weather. Best served with its signature orange garnish to showcase its beautiful, bright color. A beer this good only comes around once in a blue moon, but you can enjoy it all season long. Brighten up your baseball traditions with Blue Moon Belgian style wheat ale. It's a one of a kind every time. Check out shop.bluemoonbrewingcompany.com for baseball merch and visit get.bluemoonbeard.com slash rocket to find Blue Moon delivery options. That is get.bluemoonbeard.com slash rocket. Blue Moon made brighter. Celebrate responsibly. Blue Moon Brewing Company Golden Colorado Ale. And Jay Hay, it is fucking time.
3: Oh wow, well, brings a tear to my eye for the fifth time this season. We are all gathered here to celebrate the newest member of Club 38.8 and that is friend of all podcasts that we've ever done, Christian Yelich. Wow, so Woo! born in 1991, Yelly. drafted in 2010, debuted in 2013, won an MVP in 18 and a batting title in 19. Purchased a home in Arizona in 2021 and now in 2023, he crosses the Baines line to be the newest inductee, the fifth one this season. A few fun facts, actually some interesting statistical similarities between Harold Baines and Christian Yelich. Nearly the exact same career batting average, the exact same career slugging. And they've been caught stealing the exact same number of times, 34. The only difference being that Christian Yelich has 177 stolen bases, whereas Harold Baines uh, stole 34 bases and was also caught 34 times. um, Not known for being fleet of foot. Fun fact there. Uh, But congratulations to Christian. Um, He passes the 38.8 mark in 47% as many games played as Harold Baines. So... I'm sure this is a massive day in the Yelich household. He's usually pretty understated uh, from the interviews that we've done, um, but we know he's cherishing this. I tagged him in the photo uh, for the tweet today, so I'm sure he saw it also um, and is really, really holding it dear. So five, the class is now five deep in 2023, uh, and we look forward to inducting more people so far this season. Thank you. Retweet it. Christian Yellich. I mean, a real who's who this year. You know what I mean, though? A lot of people have been comparing it to the great Babe Ruth. uh, You know, Walter Johnson, Hall of Fame class, that first one in the door. A lot of people are saying Yelich, Hayward, Judge, Marte, and Lindor.
1: That's a big class.
3: It's a big class, and I I got great news. It will be getting bigger this season. Oh, We are not done. You thought we were done, but we're not done. Because we've got some... Household names surging forth. Um, yeah, I mean, everybody wants it now. That's the thing. I think now that it's a real, true blue milestone, you have players kind of like locking in and being like, "Okay, like, you know, I can't do this this season, but the milestone I can get to is thirty-eight point eight. So let's, like, let's fucking do it. Um, let's lock in. Yeah. Marcus Semien being a great example of that, where he's just you know fucking overdrive on his war, and it's like. I want to I celebrate this um, in a special season for the Rangers and a special season for Marcus. So we'll see whether he can get there, but I believe he's the next up.
1: Wow. That'll be a, will that be a bittersweet moment for you, Dallas?
2: Uh, it'll, be, it'll be good. You know, two former A's greats uh, who are essentially passing like two ships in the night.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that'll be very uh, symbolic. I love the, uh, the symbology on, on that
3: one. <laughs> Don't be afraid Um, to leverage your contacts and get Marcus on for the pod, Dallas. If you want to, Um, I know Christian as well. Yeah, I know Christian said he's going to get back to us, and Francisco Mm -hmm. said he's going to get back to us, and Aaron said he's going to get back to us, and I believe Starling Mm -hmm. uh, and Jason also said they were going to get back to us. So I think it really could be, could be cool once we get that first one. Uh, Take take the meter to another level. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. That'd be pretty big. we need to talk about a series that happened over the weekend between the Cincinnati Reds and the Milwaukee Brewers. And you know what, Brewers fans? They're not happy with me. They're not happy because I've been loving up on the Cincinnati Reds. And then here we go. Milwaukee Bre- Some Some Brewers fan even said that Dallas has more clout in Milwaukee than I do, which is comically false. Uh, I
2: don't know, I don't know, buddy, but uh, the Brewers slide, Bernie. I mean there was a lot going on when I was in Milwaukee.
1: Yeah, but I mean like you went down the Brewers slide because you used my contacts with the Brewers. So that's just, uh, you know, that's begins and ends the conversation right there. It's uh, not true. It is. It is. Uh the Milwaukee Brewers swept blanked demolished the Cincinnati Reds over the weekend. It was uh, a historic sweep for the Milwaukee Brewers who came out and just shut down the Cincinnati Reds lineup which let's face it the Reds are all offense uh you're not going to you're not going to trot out the Cincinnati Reds in a series and be like oh what are the pitching matchups like who do they have on the bump today like that's going to be must watch like you've got a lot of guys like i want to say uh uh who's the who's the uh the righty that they've got that is has like a fucking seven and a half, but they've won ten straight of his starts because of the offense. For the Reds? Yeah, Ashcraft.
4: Not yeah, I was gonna nope. say Ashcraft, but he's nope. been hurt. Nope. Nope.
1: Uh Williamson. Let's see. Nope. It is fucking I'm gonna find it right now.
2: Well it ain't Ladolo and it ain't Luke Oh, Weaver. Luke Weaver. Uh, yeah, it's Luke
1: Weaver. Luke. Yeah. Luke Weaver. He's been, he's been ass cheeks, but they win when he pitches. He goes out there, gives up a solid seven, yeah. and Reds win. Yo, They're yo, calling no, him Lucky Luke.
3: No joke. Yeah. They've won eight straight of his starts, and he has an 8 6 6 over that span.
2: See? Hey? Jesus. Yeah. That was how Luke. Unbelievable. Yeah.
1: Lucky Luke goes out there and gets a job done. Uh, Reds weren't so lucky this weekend. Milwaukee Brewers go out there, do the damn thing and sweep the Cincinnati Reds, which now means the new standings update. The Milwaukee Brewers, 52 and 42, 10 games over 500 with a negative eight run differential. (coughs) They've won four straight and seven to 10 to take a two game lead in the standings in the NL Central over the Cincinnati Reds, who are 50 and 44. They have a negative 14 run differential. The Chicago Cubs, who everyone is talking about as sellers, are the only team in the division with a positive run differential at plus 21. Uh, They're six games under and eight games back.
2: You're talking about this offense for the Cincinnati Reds. That Mm -hmm. is what happened or what did not happen during this series. They got absolutely silenced. Yes. Silenced. Three runs, 10 hits over a three-game series. And all three of those runs and seven of those 10 hits Came on Sunday.
1: The same game, yeah.
2: So not great. Not great. Ellie, Ofer. Ofer. over the series. Not a fucking knock. Over for twelve. Five punch outs.
3: Well, the the other thing too is that um yeah, yes, they they lost the last three games, but they also lost two of three to the Brewers going into the break. So over this stretch, they've lost five of six to the Brewers, which as it relates to the NL Central is like a massive, massive swing in favor of Milwaukee, obviously. But, I mean, that's why, that's why this NL Central has been so hard to call and why it's been so difficult, you know, when, when we're asked whether we have balls or not to get off of one team. It's like one single series or a consecutive series, uh, you know, back-to-back series can have massive, massive impacts on, on postseason odds and the outlooks.
0: Well, it, it, I mean, this one seems like it's going to the wire, bro. All these games are close. Freaking Corbin Burns, you see him pass out on the mound, just fainted, and then still pitched and shut him out.
2: Yeah, well, cool. uh-huh.
3: to that to that point too. Like I think that that's not been the only thing that has like been a surge for the Brewers, but the fact that he's back to being or has been, uh, I think since the start of June. Uh, sorry, start of July um, has been. Like the Cy Young caliber, Corbin Burns, like 189 ERA over 19 innings pitched batters are hitting sub 100. So, like, if he's back, I think that's a that kind of puts the Brewers back into the position that I think a lot of us thought they were entering the season, which is like that's a differentiator between them and the Reds for sure. Well,
2: and I I don't want to jump too far ahead, but I'm going to go to September and I'm going to go to the end of September Um The last 13 games for the Milwaukee Brewers, uh, 10 of those are division games. Seven out of those 10 are against the St. Louis Cardinals. So they'll go four with the St. Louis Cardinals, three with Miami, three with the Cardinals again, and they'll finish up with the Cubs. So they are in a great position to take advantage of a lowly Cardinal team in the division and try to make a little noise at the very end against the Chicago Cubs.
1: Um. Freddie Peralta, six one hit innings with six punch outs. Corbin Burns six two hit innings, thirteen strikeouts. Beasted.
0: That's who. That's who. That's who the Brewers try to convince us they were going into the season. Yeah, our lineup is a bunch of you know, eh, but we got pitchers and Freddie Peralta hasn't been great this year. No. They really relied on Wade Miley, a lot, who's done pretty good. And then Julio Tehran, yeah, who's been pretty damn good, and they've outpitched Peralta, and even even Corbin Burns, in less starts, but still better ERA.
3: I know we were, you know, we have fun with the Baines meter too, but to go back to Yelich specifically, like I I know he's their best player, so he's taken for granted a little bit, but we shouldn't overlook the fact that he specific, this year. Has been a lot better than he was over the previous three seasons. Like, this is not MVP caliber, Yellich. and I think we're on the same page that we're not going to be seeing that anymore. But from 2020 to 22, his OPS was 745 and it's 850 this year. Like, this, and not only that, but he's, you know, he's been one of the huge beneficiaries of uh, the change sure. in stolen base stuff and base size and all of that. So he has already has more stolen bases than he did in 64 more games played last season. So like he's having a much, much better season, and he's always been the driver of this offense, and they need him to be a star level player to be competent, and he has been a star level player this season. Healthier. And healthier. Without so looking.
1: Far. Without looking, what do you think the odds are of the Brewers winning the division?
3: I already looked earlier, so I'm not gonna say. Oh, All right, can I, I don't guess say it.
0: I'll uh, guess sixty seven percent. Dallas.
2: The odds of the Brewers winning the division.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: They have a two-game lead with half a season to go. I'm going to say
1: 34%. 72% wow. on fangrass. Wow. So they just with got the two Reds game completely lead.
2: fucking falling off, huh?
1: The what? The Reds? Yes. Yeah. I thought you said the Mets. I was like, what? <laughs> um, yeah. Seventy-two percent playoff odds for the Milwaukee Brewers to to win that division. The Reds get no respect. The numbers say the Reds no suck. Well, well, it's I mean,
2: because it's because look the Reds are just st-
1: like that's yeah. you go right. on that stretch where you've got a, a you have a starter with a fucking eight sixty six ERA and you win all the games like that's not sustainable.
2: No, not only is it not sustainable, but again, they don't have a couple of their arms that they would really like to be relying on at this point in time.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So I, I, yeah.
3: I mean, they, Fangraphs Lock. basically That's has That's... Fangraphs has the brewers basically being like two to three games better than the reds over the remainder of the season. And so that coupled with a, an existing two game lead, like, Whether I'm not sure, I agree with the math either. But like that's that's how you get there. Like the Brewers are projected to win 85 and a half games, and the Reds are projected to win 80.8. So if you're the if you're behind and you're what they see as an inferior roster, um, good
2: luck. Good luck. Yeah.
0: Reds lost four in a row. Are they done? Are they falling off? I had a dream last night. I was watching Joey Votto, and he hit a hard ball, but he got caught, and he was pissed. So that could be something.
3: Also, in fairness, this same projection system has the Cardinals winning at the highest clip in the NL Central for the remainder of this season, and it's not even close. And that feels—I <laughs> I, think—I feel like that ship has sailed a little bit. Like we i, I don't feel like the Cardinals are going to win at a fifty-four percent clip this season, but over the remainder. But I guess we'll see. Depends. What they yeah, do I with mean, the they, like I
2: said, they got seven games out of the last thirteen of the Brewer schedule are against the St. Louis Cardinals. So do we got the Cardinals to you got the Cardinals taking four out of those four out of those seven
0: wouldn't be surprised. That's the thing. This division is such a clusterfuck. It's like anyone can beat each other. You, any of these teams could sweep the other team and it wouldn't really be a shock.
2: No, I mean, tr- trust me as a team in the Oakland A's who went into Pittsburgh and took that series went into Milwaukee and swept that series. It was like, hold on. I thought, I mean, you guys are like vying for first place in this division here, and here came the A's, swept them both.
0: Hell oh, yeah, put the A's in the central. Let's see, yeah, maybe get a couple oh. more years, couple out in Oakland.
2: Reason. Now we're now we're now, now we're talking, Joe. Now we're talking.
1: The Atlanta Braves basically have a twenty five percent chance of winning the World Series, which is double the the chances of the next best team. Like the next best team is like 12 and change percent chance the the, the Braves are at 12, 24.7%. Uh, the Rays are at 11.8. And the Dodgers are at 12.3. So they have more than double the odds to win the World Series. Seems, Simply stunning. Seems low. Be honest. Seems low. Should be better. Seems a little low. Yeah. The uh, Atlanta Braves are a good team. I mean, imagine if they got Shohei.
0: What would their odds be then? <laughs> it could happen. you think that
1: they're in the, the market?
0: I would really. That's actually a good question. I don't think they're in the market. But, like, if Shohei goes to a team, like, overnight, what does that do to their playoff and World Series odds? That would be fascinating.
2: Breaking well, news. 100%, Shohei Otani signs with the Atlanta Braves 12 years million. He just really (laughs) likes the chop house. (laughs) He loves the chop house.
1: What are they? Like, yeah, they're, they're, uh, to make the playoffs, they're 100%. Um, to win the division, they're 98.8%.
2: Yeah. To win the World Series. How boring of a second half for Braves fans?
0: Well, I mean, dude, we lost three out of four. We just lost to the white, lost the series to the White Sox. Like, honestly, kind of in panic mode right now. And, (laughs) <laughs> it's a much much needed day off today so you know we're praying we're getting back on track but yeah it hasn't looked great like I'm kind of questioning the um, the fire right now got some questions major questions
1: I asked that question to Matt Olson I said how do you guys stay focused when you're when you're just winning every single day he said he just didn't give a shit <laughs>
4: You know, he's like, I learned that in Oakland.
1: You just got to show up and who gives a fuck. And I was like, that, I guess that that works. That plays. You just go out uh, and attack the day. That's
0: shout out, shout know. out to Charlie Colberson Who's been on the Braves, I guess. Well, I don't even know how to know how long he's been on the Braves, but he's been on the Braves for at least two months. He did get kicked off the Braves DFA, but brought back, um, and got his first at bat, and he got a hit. So he's batting a thousand on the year. Took him two months. Finally got in a game. Hmm.
1: I mean, he's gonna get a ring.
4: Don't jinx it, Charlie
0: Championship Colperson.
1: Hmm. I love that for him. Uh, some quick injury news. Shane Bieber to the injured list with uh, some forearm soreness. I think they got a positive update yesterday. I want to say it was um, that it's not. Okay. Yeah. Shane Bieber got quote, really encouraging news today after meeting with Dr. Meister. He'll go two weeks without throwing and will continue to be evaluated week by week, but they determined he does not need surgery. Uh, so he had the MRI a couple days ago, uh, really encouraging news that he doesn't need surgery, but I don't know that that's really encouraging news. If you're a team looking to acquire Shane Bieber within the next two weeks, I don't think that you're going to go out there and be like, Oh, he doesn't need surgery. Perfect. Here's, (laughs) here's one of our top 10 prospects for him. So that obviously puts a big damper on, the trade value of Biebs and just the overall likelihood that he gets moved at all. Like, I I don't know. Like if you're Cleveland, do you, do you trade him for less because it's, it's buyer beware? Or do you just say like, ah, fuck it. Like we might as well hang on to him. uh, If, if we're not going to get what we originally planned on getting for this guy.
2: Uh, I think you absolutely have to keep a guy like Bieber. If you're in that spot, because what could your is, do you think your return is going to be something that would, that that you could replace what you're getting from Bieber right now? I would no. say probably not. No. Do you think you could grow into something that could potentially replace what you're getting from Bieber right now? I would probably think not. So if that's the case, I would probably shift gears and try to take care of and figure out how we can best prepare Shane Bieber to take the mound every five days for us moving forward and get him to max health in you know under circumstances and, and go from there
1: jay hey you're the resident cleveland guy what uh what i mean was the guardians
3: the, the guardians have as good of a odds to make the postseason as the reds do so i think the notion that they should be trading bieber or would have traded bieber i'm not disputing your reporting or your reading of the reporting i'm just saying. I think the idea that they would have entertained trading Shane Bieber is just nauseating. And I just don't like I don't think he's the same guy. And I get that they generally do very well on these sorts of like, let's cashier this name brand. Like the most recent example being when they traded Corey Kluber and got, you know, Emmanuel Clase and I was all pissed. And obviously that trade looks awesome for the for the Guardians. I just I'm very tired of like this guy's nearing the end of his contract, but he's not really that expensive in the context of baseball, but in the context of what we like to do, kind of expensive. So like I, I just it's a churn that gets very fatiguing after a while. And like Shane Bieber is one of the last truly recognizable players on the Guardians roster. Um and I just don't want it to be Jose Ramirez and a bunch of people that nobody knows or nobody has any attachment to or um has no like history or built-up equity with the franchise. I just it doesn't do anything for me. Um even if their postseason odds are not all that all that great. I still think, especially to your point about if you're taking 60 cents on the dollar because he's an injury question right now, that's that to me becomes even more absurd.
1: Hmm. I mean didn't <laughs> When they traded Kluber to Texas, didn't he pitch one inning?
3: <laughs> yeah, that was like yeah. a, got a broken catastrophic arm. trade for. I mean, to the extent <laughs> that trading a, a high-end reliever can be catastrophic, that was like a disaster trade for the Rangers.
2: <laughs> can you fucking imagine spoke the Rangers having? I understand.
3: I understand, but I believe they had him for the next season after that and got basically nothing again. No, so he went to the Yankees. Oh, was next it right year. after that? Okay, yeah, yeah. Tough. That's a tough yeah. one.
1: They traded. They traded uh, Emmanuel Classe and um, my former teammate Delano De Shields to uh, the Guardians in exchange for literally one inning of Corey Kluber, scoreless. In,
3: also, <laughs> lights
1: out. <laughs> one, one inning in an abbreviated season as well. It was the sixty-game. So
2: season. it makes that scoreless inning worth even more, really.
1: Yeah, because you have to extrapolate it. So,
2: Larger share of your team innings. Yeah, I, I don't so want... Corey Kluber Warhorse like gets, to gets to say tossed around welcome.
3: too liberally these days, but, <laughs> but it might apply here. That's it. It. Might,
1: it very well might apply.
3: Well, if they traded Kluber during that season when
0: they were contenders, don't you think that Bieber being traded would be on the table even if they want to make the playoffs?
3: That, that, I, that's what I was... I, maybe now I didn't say clearly enough. i kind of screwed. I think Jared is correct that they were entertaining it. I'm saying
2: I'm tired of them doing that.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's like there's always a team. There's always a team out on the East Coast. Like anytime there's player movement possible, there's one team that shows unequivocally the most interest. There's no team more interested in players than the Boston Red Sox. They become as interested as anybody, and I can see how fans are like, bro, we get it. Somebody's available, and you might want them. Fabulous. Save the fucking 280-character tweet about it. We get it. you lead the league in interest. That's where Jay Hayes coming.
4: That just felt like an unnecessary
2: thing. No, just trying to give context. That's all. Just trying to give context. <laughs> Nothing personal.
1: It felt personal. I'm sorry. Jake, did that feel personal?
2: That was personal.
1: Yeah, it was really personal. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't understand why you had to loop in the Red Sox to this conversation. About well, I'm sure Spartans we'll get there soon. Yeah, whatever makes you feel better. Honestly, you know, feel like uh, you know you're gonna need it after we fucking dildo you this week <laughs> again. Nope. Again. Well, I'm hearing nope. I'm
0: hearing from reports that there's Red Sox are highly interested in A's infielder Ledmus Diaz.
1: Uh that that would make sense, I guess. I mean, why not? Why not add a fucking sixth shortstop to this team?
2: <laughs> be
1: a big splash. It'd be huge. He was yeah. he was pretty they, big in like what 2016?
2: They're not fully committed to it, Joe, but there's some mild interest. Yeah.
0: I have to give up a lot though, so you know, you gotta be careful in these trades. It could we'll make take or awesome. break a fran- a franchise.
1: Oh, you want Yoshida? Now we're talking. How you that's a quick turnaround because you said he was a piece of shit when you were in Boston a couple weeks ago.
2: Uh, nope, didn't say yeah, that. He did. Yeah, you he did.
1: He was nope. taking batting practice and you're like, How does this fat little midget hit the ball so hard? <laughs> no,
2: wow, projection much projection. Jeez, <laughs> no, no. Whoa.
1: <laughs> whoa, wow, I'll have, I'll, <laughs> wow. I'll have you know, I hired a personal trainer to, to combat the bullying.
2: Well, well, you you need to be combating the bulge, not the bully. oh (laughs) You fat bastard. Sorry, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I just need Massa to stay off the fucking elevated out of the zone heaters and keep those in the yard, please.
1: Yeah, no. Doesn't matter. He just fucking he just went uh took Justin Steele deep for a grand slam left on left crime. All-star Justin Steele, I should say. Baseball's dead alumni, Justin Steele. Sorry about it. Little six piece.
2: Speaking speaking of the Grand Slam, wasn't there uh isn't there been a fun little conversation being kicked around about a potential home run derby?
1: Um, yeah. A Legends home run derby.
2: A Legends home run derby. Jay, hey, you were on this, right? Mm-hmm. Very on it. The now, I mean, do you wanna do you wanna lay it out? Do you want to kind of explain. Since since you were the one who sent this on the thread, I mean, I, I took a look and I've even um gone a step farther and have reached out to some legends of the past who mm-hmm. would be who would absolutely be in this category, and I got some interesting takes, some interesting responses. But uh, oh, like
1: fucking uh, what's his name? Fucking Logan
0: Powell. what's was his name? What. Uh, the guy who hit the furthest home run ever in the minors? Yeah. What was it? How how far is it?
1: Five
4: hundred <laughs> some feet.
1: Eight hundred <laughs> feet. Who'd you reach out to, Dallas?
2: Uh well, I mean their names are not going to be bantered about. Why? Because that's well, because that's part of the respect.
1: You know? Uh so you're dis you would choose to just disrespect our audience?
2: No, I, I would choose to maintain the level of trust and integrity that so I have for you. You don't, so you don't the trust our audience. Greatest players us. the game has ever known.
1: Untrustworthy, uh, the people that listen to this podcast. So what you're saying.
3: We're two hours in. I'll get to it. Ken, Ken nice. Griffey Jr., Albert Pujols, Jim Tomey, and David Ortiz. So that's the jumping off point for this idea that Jason Stark published on The Athletic, where it's the Legends Home Run Derby. Um, those four guys are in, quote unquote, I think unofficially was the idea. Um, But, you know, it kind of started. This is an idea that I think every baseball podcast in the world has kicked around at some point. Um, But, you know, I was just sort of assuming that it would be a field of eight and it sort of got my mind wandering. And, you know, one of those four, I think, would be one of the people that I would personally choose to see um, in Jim Tomey. He was like as good as it got for me in terms of uh, home runs as a kid. And the other name that immediately he's got to be
1: the oldest of the bunch, no? The other one he's that fifty-two.
3: Yeah, how old's Griff?
1: Um, I don't know. He's starting to get some grays, though. Let's I think Griffy's Griffey older, Jr. fifty-three.
3: Yeah. Um, I mean, the two names that immediately came to my mind were Tommy and Manny Ramirez, because when you know you were talking about you came to grips with Mookie being a Dodger longer than he's a Red Sox. Like I had to come to grips with a similar situation growing up as a Manny Ramirez fan. And when he got into one and you know, it was like, it it wasn't showboating in like the modern sense really, where there was like ridiculous bad flips every time, but there was just like this confidence when he hit the ball and just this, just this, this quick pose that was so cool to watch Manny Homer and like a beautiful, right? Like maybe the most beautiful right-handed swing that I've personally seen uh, as an amateur viewer, but um I just thought it was a cool like it's a cool idea, and I'd be curious to see who you guys would pick, but I also have some concerns that seeing a bunch of fifty year olds try to hit home runs might uh might break a little bit of the mystique that goes along with baseball legends and what you saw from them in their prime, and I wonder whether we well, really, really want it, right? to see I, yeah, like but I just wonder whether we really
2: want to see this like it's well, interesting th- that but that right do we there, really want there, to that's that's it because what you don't want to have happen is you settle in for this huge show that you're anticipating because 14-year-old, 16-year-old you is remembering what that looked like and what they were capable of, and now you're watching them walk up to the plate, probably a slight limp. There's going to be a groan and a, oh, oh," right? The first two swings might look like they are using the wrong bat, swinging wrong-handed, and then they start to ease into it and... And so I'm, I'm with you, Jay. Hay. like you, you don't want to watch Superman try to put on the dusty cape and take off flying, right? He no fucking way. stumbles, falls off the <laughs> building. You're like, well, fuck, what, could somebody get somebody get Clark back up here? We got to do this again. Like, you just I, don't want that.
1: I, I think that that is probably true with some guys. But Ken Griffey Jr. just took batting practice with um, Team USA and he looked good. Manny Ramirez is still actively playing baseball, so he would do just fine. Uh, I don't know if you remember this story, but when Barry Bonds was the hitting coach for the Marlins, yeah. he had uh, in spring training, he did a home run derby against the Beater. active players, which included Giancarlo Stanton and Christian Yelich and all these guys, and he won. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like, even in their, their older age... There are, I mean, it's not necessarily, oh, well, I can two, roll out Give me Barry, give me, Barry, and, and, and give me Mac.
2: Give me Barry, give me Big Mac. Those are two dudes right now that I believe would be able to to run in. So the other baseballs. guys can too,
1: Griffey can still do it. I think that, I don't, like Poppy, I think the last time that I had a conversation with David Ortiz about this He said, I haven't picked up a bat since I retired. Like, it's not like like these other guys, like Griffey's like, yeah, I'm going to be the hitting coach of Team USA in the World Baseball Classic. And then he gets in the cage and he can take BP and do whatever. Like, maybe these guys are still dicking around hitting. Poppy, according to him, has not taken a swing uh, unless it's for like a commercial with CGI.
2: Let me me tell you right now, I've been to to Big Mac's house and he's got a beautiful setup in terms of crushing baseballs. You want to crush baseballs? You want to crush baseballs in luxury? Like, you can do that. He's doing that, so yeah. I, I would, I would want. Those are my two picks. Give me Barry. Give me Big Mac.
0: What about That's uh, a fucking guys, You Know who's going to you Know who's going to win it?
1: Gary Sheffield. You know that video of him
0: yeah, doing with the cigar?
2: Fucking yeah, well,
1: he was using a metal bat. He's I using think. a metal
2: bat, but cool. I don't well, give a shit. I mean, it's
1: still, he still get the bat speed. You can give him a wood bat, and I think if they do this, it's not going to be big league fences. Like you would move the fences in for these guys. No, is that fair or unfair? No,
2: no. See, see, what you have to do is exactly like if and if you read the article that Jason Stark wrote, which is a great give article, give him the Aaron fun, Judge
1: balls from last year.
2: Well, no, you could do a combination of things. You could give him the Aaron Judge balls, but now you're now you're um you're not using the same system, right? Maybe you go back to. And they've talked about it going back to uh, the old days where you played nine innings of a home run derby and every ball that was hit that was not a home run was an out. And so now the next opponent comes up. So you're not asking, you know, 55 year old guys, I don't need King Griffey Jr. blowing an oblique and then not being able to catch his breath because he's trying to hit 40 fucking homers in a in a timed round like like Julio like we don't need that. So no. I I think the key the key
3: point on uh where this will hinge as a success or not is does it feel more like the home run derby or does it feel more like the celebrity softball game? Because if it if it takes on a celebrity softball feel where everything's moved in and it's gimmicky and these guys can barely fucking move. Or if they go back to, to Dallas's point, if they go back to the old, the really, really old format where it's basically like like a fake baseball game kind of thing, then like I worry that it. like I think the celebrity softball game sucks. And I think it's like one of the most unwatchable things that like happens sure, in sure. sports. But like, I'm sure it's fun to play. I just think it's lame to watch and like if I think if it veers too far in that direction, I think it would be like, I guess what, I guess it's, what are the expectations? If it's just a harmless thing to fill up all-star weekend and some people like it, then cool. And you can check in if you're, if a, if a legend participating is of particular interest to you, but I just worry it would become too sideshowy, Um, and I don't want, I have very clear memories of these players and to some extent, I'd like them to stay that way, because uh, I remember yep. the end of Jim Tommy's career, right? Like the end of Manny's was so juiced up, it was like, well, he's still awesome. But like the end, allegedly, of, yeah right? Le- no, no, that one was confirmed. I think, I think yeah, the Dodgers Starr- right. D- stuff it was, was like nails, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. yeah, yeah. nice. He tested positive for a women's fertility drug, right? Which that's not steroids Mm -hmm. continue
3: well it's not steroids it is something else that what we're not going to do this um anyway (laughs) but i remember the end of jim tommy's career and it it like wasn't fun you know
2: what i mean so i'm just a little little worried that that's what we would be seeing but well it's like you want to go and get your big brother because he's going to kick the bully's ass but the last four times you went and got your big (laughs) brother he got fucking mopped up (laughs) and you're like dude i don't i should probably just maybe stop talking shit to this bully or find a different way home because my big brother is not getting it done for me
0: Give them also, metal bats, give them juice balls, keep the fences the same. Joe, you know I've been
2: saying that. The fences I have, have to stay the same. Thing. I've been saying that since 98. You put the fucking walls up, put the, put the nets up, and give these guys metal bats, and look the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. Do not sell a ticket to anybody below the second deck, and look the fuck
0: out. And you yeah. give them, And not the <laughs> bullshit metal bats they have now. The fucking orange stealth, like the No, I want yeah, I want Big
2: Mac hitting with the big green Easton. That's what I want. I I, want Mark McGuire hitting with the big green Easton.
3: I I can't have the fences moved in, though. Like I don't want to see Frank Thomas's nugenics ass out there hitting 250, (laughs) 250 foot fake home runs. Like, give me a break. I no. Mm -hmm. No. Give me the real thing, or even if it's a slog, or give me nothing.
1: I'm interested. I want to see it. I want to see it just because like I'm it's not that I'm fully convinced, but I feel pretty good about the idea of the players that we discussed being able to put on a show versus like, oh, that's sad. Oh, sad. Like, I don't think these guys are going to be like popping balls up into the fucking cage. Like, I think they're going to be able to hit some homers.
2: Well, I'll I'll tell you this. Um, The the common (laughs) the common thread amongst a few of the guys that I talked to about this were like.
4: We would do it. We would do okay. it.
1: Good. Good, great, grand, wonderful. And when they do it, I'm going to be wearing my knockaround sunglasses because summer's in full swing and you need a pair of great shades that don't have to, you don't have to baby these things. Knockaround sunglasses are the go to for quality, polarized shades that won't break the bank. Plus, They just released the first nine teams of their official MLB collection, including the Red Sox and Yankees. Uh, Yes, they have the Cubs, Giants. They've got the Padres, Astros. They've got Cardinals, Mariners, Dodgers. You name it. They're out there making these sunglasses, uh, as well as the official U.S. women's soccer team sunglasses. So you can add a little extra something to your game day outfit in time for this summer's big matches. Don't be the person that's squinting into the sun or worried about getting sand on their overpriced sunglasses. Check out knockaround.com. Uh, for great looking polarized shades starting at just 28 bucks it's a great deal they look great you can rep your team at the same time shout out to knock around sunglasses um i feel like we this was a thorough pod this is a meaty really good monday pod that uh you know we're starting off the second half here we're doing it big we're doing it right um did we get to everything that we wanted to get to today
3: i i have a massive nug dump for whenever we do final thoughts but I don't want to jump the gun
1: dump that nug on us right now.
3: Okay. So this is, we're all over the place here. I want to follow up on two things that were mentioned earlier in the podcast. So we were talking about the Braves current odds to win the world series at 24.7%. That seemed pretty high to me for this point in the season. So I went back and found the last time a team had higher odds, uh, at this point in the year, wasn't that far back. Actually, it was 2018 Astros, uh, who were 24.9% to win the world series on July 17th. Uh, Joey talked about Blake Snell's uh, second half ERA uh, and how it is particularly outstanding. I looked at all pitchers who have made at least 60 career second half starts, and obviously the concept of first half and second half started in 1933. So since 1933, there have been 869 pitchers to make 60 or more second half starts. Blake Snell's 2.64 ERA is number five out of 869. two active guys are are better, Kershaw and DeGrom. Um, But the other two guys are old timers. So Joey's instincts right on there. Um, I uh, tweeted this last week, but I wanted to talk about it on the pod briefly. I just, we used to do a segment on starting nine, like where I was like, appreciate a superstar. And I just want to do a brief version of that with Mookie Betts. Um, The only outfielders to debut in the last half century to produce more Wins above replacement through age 30, then Mookie are Trout, Barry, Griffey, Ricky Henderson, and Andrew Jones. And he's going to, barring injury, he's going to pass Andrew uh, this season on that list. And I just like, again, we get so used to seeing these guys every day and their greatness and all that. And like, it looked like Mookie might be entering like a little bit of a post peak phase a year or two ago, and he's like as good as he's ever been. So just shot since June 23rd, he's hitting 400 with 10 homers um in 18 games. So shout out to Mookie uh on that one. Francisco Lindor um it it almost feels like his Mets career has been a little bit of a disappointment to some people, and I just want to like call out another great season for Lindor. Over the last month, he's been one of the five best players in the NL. Uh by depending on which version of war you look at, he's either the ninth or the tenth best player in the National League overall this season. Um, obviously his defense is carrying a decent chunk of that, um, but he is hitting a lot of homers as well. And during his Mets tenure, so 21 through 23, he ranks in the top 20 in baseball reference war and the top 10 in fangrafts war uh overall in MLB uh among position players. So just like Maybe he's not hitting the same homers that he used to, but the difference in his offensive contributions is almost entirely context. Uh, OPS plus says he's basically the same player as he used to be. Um, And then uh, Tim Anderson, maybe I am not locked in enough on the White Sox, but I, I hadn't quite appreciated how absolutely terrible Tim Anderson has been this year. He has a 477 OPS over his last 61 games. Um, among all qualified batters in Major League Baseball, he is last in OPS, slugging, weighted runs created plus, and wOBA. He's third worst in uh, FanGraphs wins above replacement, uh, and he's second worst in on base percentage, ahead of only Javi Baez. Um, and then I started looking at his OPS on the season is five thirty, and Otani's is one point zero five one. So I looked for the last time that among qualified batters that the highest OPS was double the lowest OPS and you have to go back to 2018 uh, when Mike Trout had a 1.088 OPS to end the season and Chris Davis with a C uh, finished with a 539 OPS. So uh, I know that's a stat everybody was thinking about, so I wanted to make sure everybody was good there. (laughs) Um, And then finally, a little bit of uh,
2: a... Yeah, go ahead. Tim Anderson has hit exactly zero home runs this year.
3: He's he do, he's doing everything bad. It's crazy. Like I know he was batting average dependent and balls in play dependent, but like the way in which his entire game is collapsed at the same time is kind of incredible. Um, Not his even fault. If,
0: it's the White Sox fault. I'm convinced. It's Tony
3: Larus's fault. Um, yeah. And uh, I do want to give a little bit of uh, maybe I was wrong um, on Cody Bellinger. So since June twenty fourth. Uh, He's hitting 424 Uh, since his return, uh, which is about a week earlier than that. He ranks um, eighth out of 88 batters in the NL. Um, And since June 24th, he ranks fourth out of 80 batters in the NL. Overall on the season, he has the ninth best OPS out of the 96 NL batters with at least 250 plate appearances. Uh, And as I said, he's been absolutely unconscious over the last like basically three weeks. Um, so he might be back. And, and that's, uh, that was my last nugget. So I'll end there. But it does bring me to a question, which is like, we talked about it with Stroman and uh, Bellinger, uh, obviously also on the Cubs. I, the Blue Jays angle for Stroman is fine. What interests me more is the total lack of conversation about whether the Cubs should be retaining these guys or trying to retain these guys long-term. And like, I know you can trade pending free agents, get the prospects and then re-sign those same players if you offer the most money. So maybe that's what happens. But I just find it odd that like, we're now treating the Cubs like this small market, like, you know, trying to get it done franchise where it's like, you've stumbled upon two really great finds here. Can't it be like, can't they be part of the core moving forward if you just pay market value? I don't know. I just think it's weird what the Cubs have become.
1: It is odd. All right. We got to take a break and talk about Zin nicotine pouches. We're always talking about what a team needs to get to number one, but Zinn nicotine pouches are already there. Zinn has helped millions of people achieve a lasting change, earning the title of America's number one nicotine pouch. If you're a smoker or you're a dipper looking to make a change, look no further than Zen. Zen is made with 6 simple ingredients and is available in a wide range of varieties including spearmint, citrus, and even coffee. And it's available in 2 strengths so you can control your nicotine satisfaction. Because it's discreet, you can enjoy it anywhere, anytime so you never have to miss a moment of the game. Plus, Every can of Zyn earns you points towards premium items like tailgating gear, top of the line tech, Zin swag, even gift cards. Find your Zin at your local convenience store or online at Zin.com. That's zinzyn.com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Um, thank you for the nugs. Jay Hey. No problem. Uh, Dallas, any final thoughts today?
2: Hey Jake. God. Tuck your fucking broom away pal it ain't fucking happening fuck you fuck your bet fuck your sweet fuck it all it ain't happening it ain't happening I pray to God it doesn't happen it is not gonna happen this time around not gonna happen it's definitely happening A's are playing a little bit better brand of baseball Jake no they're not different team than when we last hooked up Nope. wasn't that last week (laughs) <laughs> Shut up, J.A. It was there. It's extremely recent. <laughs> you Played guys are different... so caught up in the past, it's sickening. They're I I you playing. know that's that's the thing. Is you're letting uh, you're go. letting storylines like, oh, they got swept just like 96 hours ago, and oh, the numbers and look at the record and look at the roster. You you let all these external sources affect what's going on right mm-hmm. in front of you. Fuck the numbers, fuck the stats, fuck the facts, all right? They, uh, Watch the game with your heart one time.
1: They swept them a week ago yesterday.
2: <laughs> I got to
1: go. <laughs> Joseph, any final thoughts? I'm just
2: going to echo
0: that. I saw them up close, saw the athletics in person. They looked like mm-hmm. you know the preparation was there. They're putting some good at bats, worked, uh, walked some guys who they shouldn't have, but you know they fought back and only lost by one. And that's pretty good. And I got to say, Oakland Coliseum, underrated. They got Blue Moons. Uh, Yeah. They got a speed pitch, hit 80. Not a big deal. Um, Treehouse. They got Treehouse.
3: Seagulls. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Everything you fucking want. Oakland Coliseum.
0: Uh, Underrated.
3: Seagulls. (laughs) Took you four things before you got to Seagulls.
2: (laughs) I think it's it's properly rated.
1: Everything, Everything you want. Everything you could ever ask for in a ballpark
2: dripping with nostalgia and yeah. seagull shit no problem
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. uh jake's takes
2: just
3: pump for the
0: sweep
1: yeah it's gonna be huge your it's the like easiest sweep just to continue this second half the red sox have the best record in baseball this month and it will continue with another sweep of the oakland a's yeah uh, thank you for no listening need to
2: worry no need to worry about the weather in boston uh-uh because it's going to be raining fucking l's jake raining l's
1: we're playing the series in Oakland.
2: Right, uh, but you're in Boston and Jake's yeah, in Boston. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're yeah. in Boston. Yeah, That's right.
1: Right. Idiots. Uh, uh, Jake looks right, like yeah. he's Rain in a vacation L's. house,
0: to be honest. That is true. Yeah, guys, we'll be back, back on Wednesday.
1: Lake. We have a another ESPN uh, personality hey, joining Rod. us on Thursday. Alex Rodriguez. He's Fox Sports. Uh, we will Fuck. have someone else joining me. us. On Thursday, that'll be a fun conversation. Uh, somebody making their baseball is dead debut. Ooh, toasty! All right, <laughs> we'll see you there. Well.